There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It's a shame that you're going into pop and then they're looking at you then being refused. You're nearly crying out the doors, I think that it's inevitable. By 2031, PJ, we will have a cashless society. He was out of it, like, and he kept complimenting me. I didn't even feel safe in my own city. Join the conversation. Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. All right, Job for you this morning, people of Cork City and County. You are our eyes and our ears. We're here telling you what has happened around the city and county. We have what we have. We know what we know. We see what we see. You can help. You become our production team this morning. So particularly down around the West Cork area where it's going to be really bad for the next couple of hours. Let us know if there's something we should know about it. Tree or a flood or something we need to know about uh, do let us know at 0818 96 96 96 the text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie Storm Agnes is upon us and she is going to get nice and lively between now and midday. She's not an Ophelia, but she is a bad-tempered lady, is our Agnes. Actually, she has a very strong West Cork connection, for she is named Agnes after a woman from Skibbereen. I kid you not. I'll tell you more in a minute. A very, very, very gifted and talented scientist, in fact, from Skibbereen. So if you're getting lashed and battered, down around West Cork this morning uh, blame it all on a woman called Agnes Mary Clark I'll tell you more in a while right there's reports of flooding on the Bandoff Road uh, please take care on approach there uh, Cork floods say the flooding on the Ballyhooley Road near Duns reports of a tree down on the R600 between 5 Mile and the airport take care there please um between Five Mile and Bowen's Cross, only one side of the road is passable. There's reports of a multi-vehicle collision as well westbound on the South Ring near the Rochestown Park Hotel. Please take care on approach. There is a hashtag going around. Hashtag Storm Agnes, A-G-N-E-S. Uh, there was a voice message due in there, lads. I don't see it just yet, but I do see I'll get to it in a minute. There's a bus broken down, I think, in Doris. All right, bus broken down. In, in Doris, 
and be careful of that. I'll get you more as soon as I can find that voice note. 0818 96 96 96. It's all to blame on a woman called Agnes Mary Clark, of which more during the morning. But the big, big story, the story that we can already see Netflix documentaries being made from, the story that's like stuff you'd see in the movies, the elite of our army ranger wing, the best of the best, our special forces. They're up there in terms of talent, skill and training with the Navy SEALs, with SWAT teams from around the world. They are the best of the best, the elite of the elite. And they they boarded this Panamanian vessel called the Matthew uh, last evening in an incredible drug seizure drama. Uh, off off our coasts a fascinating story and it will be a stuff of documentaries in, in, in years to come alright I can grab this voice note now this has come in from West Cork the height of the storm is in West Cork at the moment uh, thank you for this there's a bus broken down on the Doris Cross uh, junction on the N71 Bantry to Cork Road thank you very much for that one that's from Je- from Evan. Thanks, Evan. Back to the, the boat and the drugs. The MV Matthew, massive cargo vessel. You know, if you go down to Fountainstown or down to Bunny Canellan's when it was open or anywhere down that way, look out to sea on a clear day. Not like today, and you barely see your foot in front of you. But you'll see out to sea these huge vessels travelling down off our coast. And the Matthew is like one of those. It's an enormous drug seizure. They're thinking already it could be as much as 220 230 million euro worth of cocaine seized on this thing. I'm joined by Ralph Regal of the uh, Irish Independent, Southern Correspondent of the Irish Independent, who's been following this. Since it started really, Ralph, it's almost two days ago now, it began I think with the news of a trawler in trouble and that's where this began. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Yeah, it did. Um, essentially, there was a trawler that was purchased and this vessel had been for sale for some considerable period of time in Castleton Bear. And it was purchased by two individuals who informed everybody in Castleton Bear that they were intending to bring it to Brixham in Devon uh, for fishing purposes. But I think anybody who saw the two guys on the boat realised they didn't know an awful lot about boats, let alone fishing. Um, but they had purchased the vessel, it was theirs, and they they headed off. The next thing we heard was that this vessel had run onto a sandbank off Blackwater in County Wexford. And why that's interesting is that they wouldn't be anywhere near Wexford if they were going to Brixham in Devon. And the the entire circumstances surrounding the rescue, um, they initially raised the alert through a DSC message and then they wouldn't answer the radio on board the boat What's the DSC message, Ralph, just so for those who wouldn't know? The digital communications um, system. But they wouldn't then answer the normal emergency radio on board the trawler as the emergency services were trying to determine precisely what was involved. Um, When they eventually got to the trawler, um, they kept trying to pass lines over to the, the guys on board the trawler to tow it off the sandbank. And it became clear that they hadn't a clue what they were doing. I mean, what one guy said to me, it was like faulty towers, he said, because they just didn't have a clue. Right. And when they eventually did get a towing line, they split the towing line. So eventually what happened was they were airlifted off the trawler and brought to a naval vessel and were brought ashore because by this stage, both the Guardi and the Navy had alerted the emergency services that there was a lot more involved in this. 
and the, it, there was it was very much a, a close kept secret. Um, the naval service, the Guardi, weren't commenting in great detail on what was going on because, of course, while the trawler um, incident was happening, they were effectively monitoring and getting ready to interdict this other vessel. Yeah. Now. Just to explain what happened, this vessel, it's a 28,000 ton Panamanian registered um, bulk carrier. It's 22 years old. And to put its size in context for your listeners, Navy ships are around 2,000 tons. So this ship is 14 times bigger than our biggest naval service vessel. Now, again, just to go back a little bit, this vessel changed its name. It was once known as the MV Hanman. And then it changed its name just a couple of months ago, and it became known as the MV Matthew. Now, on the eight, the the eighteenth um, of August, this vessel was in waters just off Venezuela, and of course, Venezuela is right beside Colombia, and it's a part of the world where a lot of these so-called motherships the ships that effectively bring large quantities of drugs to Europe and then distribute it via smaller boats. These boats are known as shuttle boats. Mm. And, you know, you've covered a couple of these with me over the years, PJ. I remember the two of us were down in, um, I think it was Castleton Bear, for the Dances with Waves yes. boat when that was brought in uh, a good many years ago. I mean, they are all what, what are known as shuttle boats. They take smaller quantities of drugs and they try to bring them into quiet ports or secluded bays. And of course, Cork has some history in this because we've had Dunlock Bay, which uh, was, I, that turned out to be, I think, a 440 million euro cocaine um, seizure. You had uh, the Dances with Waves, which I think was again somewhere in around 400 million. And of course, you had the Makaya Bella, which was the yacht that was actually brought into the naval base mm. uh, in Hull Bolan in September 2014. And just to underline how you know, the value of these hauls can vary. When the Makaya Bella was brought in, there was 41 bales of cocaine. And every, we were told, look, it's going to be about roughly 80 million euros. But the cocaine was so pure, it was virtually maximum purity. And it turned out that the street value of that was actually almost 350 million. So depending on the purity of what the Gardaí find on this bulk carrier, mm. we could be talking multiples of 100 million, depending on what's on board. But just to get back to the movement of the bulk carrier, it was off Venezuela on the 18th of August. The last time it was formally spotted, it was in a place called uh, Willemstad, which is the capital of Curaçao, again in the Caribbean. It then crossed the Atlantic. It was seen near the Canary Islands. It seemed to be loitering in the Canary Islands. And then it tracked up the coast of Spain, up the coast of France. And the indications were that it was going to head into the English Channel. Mm. But then it diverted and over a 24-hour period, it seemed to be circling in waters off Cork, Waterford and Wexford. And the belief is that it was waiting to make a rendezvous with this trawler that had run aground on the sandbank. And when they realised the trawler wasn't coming, the vessel then... There were two quite bizarre incidents before this naval interdiction. The first of which was that there was an emergency alert issued that the captain on this bull carrier had been seriously injured in an accidental fall. Mm. So he was airlifted off the vessel. And then just a couple of hours before the Navy interdiction, there was an alert that the vessel was experiencing engine difficulties and may have to come into Cork Harbour for maintenance or Mm. repairs. And then suddenly the ship went at high speed towards international waters. And that's when we saw this 
rather remarkable um, naval interdiction. I get to that in just a second because it was, like you say, remarkable. It's it's the stuff of Netflix documentaries. So, what I'm piecing together in my head here, Ralph, is that the, this castle more the taller that had been bought down in West Cork by these two fellows who hadn't a clue what they were doing. The plan was that they would offload from the Matthew and bring the trawler, bring a, a, a shipment somewhere else. But they had no clue what they were doing, and that's where this began to go wrong. Very much so. That seems to be the the, the course of events. Again, I should stress that there has been no indication of any contraband or illegal material having been found on board the um, the, the, the the trawler. Mm. But the guards are saying that there was a significant and substantial quantity of uh, drugs has been found on board the um, on board the bull carrier. Mm. Now, the bull carrier essentially the interdiction occurred. Um, the Naval Service raced to this bulk carrier. They signalled to the ship repeatedly to heave uh, over to allow a boarding party, but the ship apparently did not comply. So at this point, the Navy had no choice but to fire warning shots across the bow of the vessel mm. in a bid to try and get it to slow down and stop and comply with directions. And then a helicopter had to bring uh, members of the elite uh, Army Rangers wing, very much um, Ireland's very highly trained special forces unit. And they had to repel from a helicopter on board the the bulk carrier. Uh, They were armed and the crew were basically detained at gunpoint and given directions that they were to comply with instructions from the naval vessel and head towards Cork Harbour. We initially thought that it would berth somewhere off the naval base, but because of the size of the ship, it was brought to a secluded area near Marino Point, and that's where we expect a very detailed search of the interior of the vessel to continue over the next two to three days. Given the size of the vessel, PJ, it'll take a couple of days, I would say, to to fully examine it. I saw some phenomenal footage, actually on the Independence Own website last night, Ralph, some wonderful footage of, of the operation. Like, these guys are, the Rangers, they are the best of the best. They're our SEALs, they're our SWATs. Fast roping, I'd only ever seen it on movies. They literally slid down a rope and yeah. landed because there wasn't time to winch them. It wasn't yeah, safe to winch them. Just, yeah, they literally yeah. jumped on a rope and slid down. Amazing work. Yeah. And sometimes if you're lucky enough, if you're passing through, say, Kildare or if you're near Dunleary in, in Dublin Harbour, you'll actually see them training. And they their training regime is absolutely gruelling. Incredible levels of fitness, incredible levels of weaponry skills um, and the ability to do these kind of things. And that's what they train for. And they train with the best of the best in terms of the elite special forces across the world. So it really is, I think, a testimony to the Mm -hmm. Ranger Wing in terms of their abilities. But I think more importantly, and I suspect in the aftermath of this interdiction, PG, we're going to have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. asked. Uh, given the professionalism of the Navy, given the way the Navy has handled this entire situation, it raises, I think, major questions about their their ability to operate their full fleet, their recruitment, manpower and retention, because the Navy has been facing very difficult times over recent uh, months and years in terms of being able to operate the fleet that it has. There's a TD, Cahill Berry, who was a former Ranger, and I heard him being interviewed this morning, and he was saying that of the eight vessels that the Naval Service currently has, it can barely put two on the water at any one time. Like, that's ridiculous. 
Well, it is given our coastline, PJ. And I think there's been a lot of commentary about the fact that if you look at these drug interdictions, I mean, they're getting bigger in terms of quantity and value. And a lot of them seem to be in Irish waters. Um, and, and there's a reason for that, because I think these drug smugglers, they will go the line of least resistance. They will go to areas where they think they can maybe sneak through gaps in radar coverage, gaps in surveillance or whatever. And if you have a naval service up, able to operate two vessels at one time, given our coastline and the number of inlets, bays, ports, headlands, I mean, it's obvious what the consequence of that is going to be. Yeah, that's a longer conversation, as you said, to, to be had. So the Matthew is detained and will be searched today. God knows how much is, is on it. There, there look, I, there's only speculation this morning, Ralph, that we're saying tons, tons of cocaine. Yeah, they've not specified, PJ. I think you can read, I mean, if you look at the various interdictions that I've mentioned over the years, I mean, Dunlop Bay was a street value of 440 million. Um, Dances with Waves, I think, was very close to 400 million. And then if you look at uh, the Makaya Bella, that was 350 million. So when you see the Gardaí and, you know, Customs and Excise and the various other agencies involved in this, when they're saying that this is substantial and significant, I think you can expect quite a significant quantity, both in terms of weight and potentially in terms of street value. That will depend on the purity. purity but given where this vessel came from, and given where, given its operations off the coast, this is a very, very big day for the Gardaí, for the Naval Service, and for all the agencies involved in the war on drugs. Yeah, we've got we've got a hell of a team, you know, when they when they put themselves together and work on something like this. Ralph, thank you, Ralph Regal, Southern correspondent of the Irish Independent, on that continuing story, the MV. Matthew all came to light because two fellas bought a trawler in Castletown Bear and were bringing it across to the UK hadn't a clue what they were doing were meant to meet this thing and take a shipment off it ran up on a sandbank and the whole thing started to go pear-shaped from there 0818 96 96 96 dear my, give me 30 seconds I need to do some some traffic stuff here given the day that's in it people are being asked to light up Yes, it is dark even out there in places. There's a two-car crash on the new roundabout near the Grailskull, near Grailskull Idrishko in Glenmire. And uh, two cars also have tapped going into the tunnel. Surface water on the road from Ballygarvan to Carrigaline, says Kate. Passable but quite deep. That's a road that gets flooded all too often and all too easily. Thanks, Kate. And the Rochestown Road opposite Hartie's Quay, is quite badly flooded and one lane currently blocked with traffic. That's from Alex. As I said to you, you are our production team this morning. If there's something you think we need to know, do let us know. Right, Dermid, you want to say about this seizure? Good morning. Good morning. Um, Congratulations to our Irish Defence Forces and their activity. I'm not a member of any of the Irish Defence Forces, but having looked at everything, they're disgracefully paid. So uh, the Minister for... um, Defence moment is um, Michal Martin Correct. from Cork, and uh, he should immediately apply to have the uh, income of these people raised to at least 200% more than they presently get, because they're risking their lives to defend the Irish and uh, defend our seas. Oh, and I've got a name for the two uh, river boats they bought. The, uh, we, we could call them the, um, the SS... Uh, Lee and the SS Lippy, because they're riverboats. That's all they're good for, patrolling the rivers.
Yeah, I don't know. Someone, I, don't know I, I did read about that. Someone was criticising them as being just oversized, oversized river cruisers. Yeah, but with eight vessels, and we can only put two to sea properly crewed at any one time. And that information comes from okay, a TD who happens to be a former ranger who knows what he's talking about. I would suspect. Yes. So immediately we go for uh, we must increase the income to something livable for our our defence forces across the board, and uh, we must stop sending them to other parts of the world where uh, we need them in Ireland to send them to Ireland. Yeah, that's a chronic line, dear, but I'm worried about mobile lines this morning, but we'll we'll keep doing as we can, as our best anyway. Dear, but thank you. Yeah, uh, and by the way, I meant to say this to Ralph, I was hearing this morning, this is the first time rangers, our rangers, have been used in an operation like this in our coastal waters. Uh, 0818969696 Go if you want to to the independent website or you'll probably find it with a quick YouTube search at this stage and you'll see pretty good footage of that operation from last evening. Thank you Dermot. There's a tree down below the church in Balifahan on Pierce Road. Dangerous conditions down there for pedestrians. Heavy surface water down Merchant's Quay. Lots more, lots more. I'll get to it after the break. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Right, the Carrigland Crosshaven Road outside Lipton's Tea. That is impassable at the moment on one side. County Councillor out trying to resolve it. And um, as I... Say again, you are our eyes and ears out there this morning. Uh, Lauren also has sent me a voice note on Storm Magnus. Hi PJ, I just wanted to let people know that there is long queues going westbound coming out of the tunnel and as you're exiting off Junction 10 into Mahin, um, people are driving up the hard shoulder while people on the actual road are trying to exit at that exit as well. So it's bound to cause a collision, so just for people to be cautious. Lauren, thanks for that. <laughs> Your wipers going full pelt. Voicemail is very handy on days like this. 083 396 96 96. There's reports of a tree down on Glenville Street just before the Kilcully turnoff from the Carrig Navarre side. If you know the area, you know the geography. A collision near Grailscully, Drishkill, and Glenmire. Take care. Breakdown. These coming from Cork Traffic Reports. A breakdown at Victoria Cross near Victoria Cross Cycles. Care advised on approach. One of the hardest parts to predict with Storm Agnes was exactly where she would go. And even Alan O'Reilly himself was struggling to figure out where she might go, even up to last evening, wasn't it, Alan? And this was because she was interacting this this mama. She was interacting with the jet stream, which made her unpredictable. Do we know what she's going to do for the rest of the day now? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, the track is pretty much as was forecast last night. So as you as you say there, the storm was developing and when it exited the jet stream and where exactly it was going to end up was going to change where it saw the strongest winds. Unfortunately, it has um, resulted in the end that it's going to go a little bit further north, which means the strongest winds are going to come into the south. Um, Cork Airport has recorded a gust of 102 kilometres an hour in the last hour, so Storm Agnes is really starting to make herself felt um, now in the south. 
the problem, you know, there's a good few problems, but the duration of this, the time of the year and the time of the day are probably the biggest issues in terms of the strength of the winds are going to continue for a number of hours right through into this afternoon. Leaves are still on the trees, so you're going to have a lot of trees coming down and then obviously the time of the day is when people are going about their business. So, yeah, it's, it's a worrying storm, especially down your neck of the woods. PJ, you're, you're right in the, uh, in the path of in the, the path of it. Dish. Yeah, can you focus on, on Cork County and Cork City for me, Alan, based on what's in front of you? What can we expect for the rest of the day? So the winds are really picking up now, and in the next hour you're going to see you know, the winds pick up even a notch more. That heavy rain is going to continue. Um, the good news is that the rain will move further north quicker so the strongest of the winds will continue around lunchtime um, you're really going to see some really strong winds and they might seem like they're abating a little bit and then pick up again because as the front of the system comes through we're going to get the strongest winds in the next couple of hours but then as it starts to pull away you're going to see very strong gusts on the back of it again um, especially the closer you are to the coast in Cork the strongest the winds, uh, winds obviously the further north you go the less intense but still very damaging like there is potentially for gusts of over 120 kilometres an hour, which Whoa. you know will do a lot of damage, especially near the coast. Mm. Um, Cutting at high tide, a possibility. Yeah, so look, thankfully the tides aren't at the highest that they could be, but they're still quite high, and there is a risk of some coastal flooding, um, especially into this afternoon. The winds are southeast, but then south, so it's not a great direction um, for Cork. You know, there is a risk of some coastal flooding. There's a risk of overtopping. Anybody going to the coast to try and absorb uh, observe this really should take great care because you know you're you're not going to be um, expecting maybe what's going to come despite all the warnings people sometimes go to take a photo and suddenly get into trouble. But yeah, the cork is is a, probably the biggest concern for coastal flooding is probably in cork. And would you say with the trees still in full leaf, power lines? Yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy uh, 24 hours for the ESB crews. I'd be charging up anything that's not charged, that can be charged, your your phone, etc., battery packs. Um, you know, there is a concern that power outages and the duration of the storm will mean that it's going to be tricky for ESB crews to get out before dark as well. Um, obviously, they're, you know, they're unbelievable in what they can do and how quick they can do it, but Indeed. at the same time, they can only work when it's safe to do so. So power outages, unfortunately, are likely. Ray is on to me from East Cork. Is it just soft rain and a slight breeze? That's going to change. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I've been commenting on that you get. I always get messages going. Where's the storm? Hasn't arrived. And then a few hours later, the same people will go, "Oh my God, where was the warnings? This is way worse than what was forecast." You know, it doesn't hit everywhere at the one time. Yeah, and it will it will move in. It we haven't gotten near the peak of this storm yet. It's only starting to really make itself felt on the core coast now. Okay, okay, Alan. I know you're watching your charts as you go through your day. If there's anything we need to know uh, specifically, um, urgently, let us know, Alan. O'Reilly uh, of uh, Carlo Weather best of the business I always do say it. you should follow him on on, on Twitter um, but we're in for a rough day we're in for a very rough day here in Cork from Storm Agnes which is probably a good opportunity to tell you about Agnes Mary Clark after whom this storm is named she was born in Skibbereen in 1842 lived her family lived through the famine And she went on to become a science writer, a scientist, and a distinguished astronomer. She was something of a child genius, was Agnes Mary Clark, because she had begun to write a book when she was only 15. She she had read and written essays 
on major works of astronomy when she was 11. And in later life, people read what she'd written at 11 and said this was a child genius. The family moved around then. She went to Rome, went to Florence, went to London, settled in London. And her book, her you can get it for the Kindle if you want to have a read through it. She wrote a book, a famous book, which is still one of the most respected books in the history of astronomy. It is called The History of Astronomy in the 19th Century. Agnes Mary Clark, Skibbereen Woman. She brought us this today. 0818 96 96 96. The tree down on Mallow Road just for the race course heading over to Killarney. Passable but dangerous. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, again, can we remind drivers to light up? It's dark out there. Uh, there are flights now being diverted from Cork Airport to Dublin. Uh, a flight from Lourdes is one of them, JWT. It was supposed to land half an hour ago. Supposed to take off again with Cork pilgrims on it. We might let people know because there's a lot of elderly people. Yeah, but it's pilgrimage time. A lot of people go off on pilgrimages in September, stroke October. So that could be problematic for people if you were gathering to go on a pilgrimage to Lourdes from Cork this morning. You could be somewhat disappointed. The tea dance that was due to be held today in Watergrass Hill, four o'clock tea dance session. They're mighty hoolies, them. They're fierce hoolies. The, the damage you can do after a belly full of tea and biscuits, tell you now, tea dance in Watergrass Hill cancelled today due to the weather. 0818 96 96 Pop us your voice notes to 083 396-9696. Are we still status orange? It looks like the end of the world here in Waterfall. We are still status orange. There's been no upgrade as yet. Susan had to drive across the city just now. Every road has surface water. The rain is pouring down every slope and every hill. Go back to bed if you can. Uh, Michelle, it looks like the end of the world. We'll all be blown into the pubs. It'll be grand. That's from Jules. Would that we had the time, Jules. Uh, and at the cost of the pint at the moment, sure, you wouldn't stay long. Surface water near the centre in Ballymakira. That's from Julianne. Lots of surface water on the Lord Glanmire Road just past the train station on the right-hand lane. Uh, that's from Colin. And Martina, our colleague Martina from C103, has sent me a little voice note. Hi, PJ. Just to let you know, the road is starting to flood just past the Inniscarra Bar on the way to Cannons Cross. And there's also a lot of surface water building up on the road from Ballincollig down to the regional park and that's likely to get a lot worse as the morning goes on. I've also just heard there's flooding in Knockmahini as well so be careful out there. There's a danger of aquaplaning so go slow guys. Thanks Martina. Uh, yeah, it, it's busy out there. It's very busy and very bad and as Alan from Carla Weather said, for the next few hours at least it's only going to get worse. Ray down in East Cork, you'll get a lash of this uh, soon enough. I'm, I'm coming back to Agnes Berry Clark and I'm indebted to the Roaring Water Journal who have a very good piece, one of the local papers down there in West Cork, Roaring Water Journal. They have a great piece in it about Agnes Mary Clark. Her dad was an astronomer too. He had a telescope and her dad used to track the planets from his telescope in their house in Skibbereen. As a result of which, when no one in Skibbereen had a clock and no, there was no train and there was no nothing back in the 1840s in Skibbereen. There was not, there wasn't much like, there was no centre, no super value. You know, 
<laughs> Skibbereen was a bit of a bereft place back in the 1840s. Um, but her dad had a telescope and he used to use it to track the planets. And that way he used to tell the time. And that way the locals in Skibbereen knew what time it was, what day it was, what month it was. They had no calendars, like. They had no iPhones. They were, the, the iPhone took a while to get to... Uh, <laughs> to get to Skibbereen. 0818969696. Yeah, today's storm named after Agnes Mary Clark from Skibbereen. Not a woman, not a woman you'd cross if that's anything to, if that's anything to go by like. Not a woman you'd cross. Actually, it sounds like a thundering demon. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The Big Drive Home. With Izzy Showbizzy. It's so good. On Cork's 96FM. Join me weekdays from 4pm to hear more kids stealing their mom's phone for requests. Hi Izzy, this is Erin. <laughs> Even if you don't know my name yet, it's cool, I'm still new here. Hi, so Izzy Bosch. Hi, oh, Busy. Hi, Izzy Showbizzy. And there'll be plenty more chances for you to win amazing prizes. We would love to win the tickets to the fire show. Please. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me home. With Izzy Show Busy. Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. As I say, you're working for us this morning, every one of you out there. If there's something you think we need to know about, something you see, something you encounter on your travels, limit your travels. If you don't have to go out, stay inside and watch this. Watch it through the window. And as Alan O'Reilly was saying, for goodness sake, don't be an idiot going down to the coast to watch it. Don't be the one we're reporting on tomorrow, please. For goodness sake, don't be that person. Anyway, if there is anything you think we should know about, 083 396 96 96. Text, WhatsApp or voicemail. There's a burst manhole, the corner of the traffic lights at Spar in Mallow near the Aldi. Water is bursting out from it onto the road. Very dangerous. Just to make drivers aware, water is flowing down Ballyhedaheen. That's from Kay. Thank you, Kay. N22, Cork to McCroom. Debris is on the road there. Drive with care from Gareth from South Africa. Thanks, Gareth from South Africa. Um, and hard luck last weekend, although not really. Uh, uh, traffic easing westbound. Rubbernecking is a problem. Tell the speed van at the entrance to the tunnel to go and have his breakfast. And finally, congrats to the ARW yesterday, the Rangers. But a mention must go to their first units, Soming Cork, who laid the foundations before they went for selection. Stay dry. Slawn. Don't know who that's from, but thank you. Lots of surface water on the lower Glenmire Road past the train station. Just be careful out there, please. There are other things going on while you're watching the storm for us around the city and county. Uh, day two of the protest at the Dáil by childcare providers who've closed for three days and were up there yesterday in huge numbers. Marie is from Tachnanog Montessori School in Bandon. Um, you, you were there yesterday. Big, big turnout. Looked very impressive on the news, Mary. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Um, yes, we had a fabulous turnout yesterday. It was bus loads came from all corners of the earth. Um, we had a bus from West Cork. We left. At, I left my house at Tempest Five yesterday morning and arrived up for the protest at twelve at Leinster House, along with all the other um, West Cork and um, providers that came on my bus. 
So it was a fabulous turnout. Minister O'Gorman in the last 24 hours seems to be digging his heels in. Yes, he does. He doesn't seem to have any... Um, he doesn't seem to have any heart and he doesn't seem to be listening to us at all. He seems to think that we are able to run our businesses on the pittance that we are getting. Mm. He claims that he's put the money up and he has, if you look at the numbers, Absolutely. he has put the money up, but it's not going to the right places. Absolutely. We don't quite understand this and that's in, and in fairness to the Minister, he is putting a huge amount of money into the sector. We have asked for a breakdown of where that money is going so that we can... Um, let people know where that let us know where it's going because we don't know because we are not getting it. I said yesterday, like we were speaking to lots of providers, and our increase this year was three cent per child per day. What that is what I would call an insult. That's a blip, that's not even that's not even an increase. No, it's not. It's not. Wow. So, I mean, if we're told where it goes, um, that will help. Um, I mean, all the other sectors need it as well. I am aware of that. Better Start, um, all the all these two sleds, I'm sure they all need it. But, I mean, if he's saying that we're getting it, can he prove it to us mm. in some way? Because as far as we're concerned, we're not getting it. Yeah. He's really doing what ministers do uh, at this times like this, is they go out with very carefully prepared cards and speaking notes put together by their civil servants and it's like sticking to it like a script. And he Absolutely. was giving an interview yesterday or the day before. I can't remember where I heard it, but I did hear it. And he was talking about an actual increase of 11% in the numbers. And that's the telephone numbers worth of money. But here you are saying, I got three cent per child. Per child per hour. Yeah, that's correct. That's what we got. That's so where's the flipping money going, Minister? I don't know. I don't know. And um, we look. It's just very frustrating. The whole the whole core funding has to be looked at again. It is just not working. And um, there are schools closing down. He says there are not, but there are. And we're on on groups here, and we know that they are. Um, I suppose I'm in business a long time. I suppose I'm very lucky. I have my my a lot of my expenses paid, my mortgage and stuff like that. But if I was starting off again. There isn't a hope I could run a business on what he's giving us. As I say, I am lucky. I'm there. I'm my 35th year. So I suppose my business has been built up. But to start off again, it's just impossible to work on that. And I'm trying to, they want us to employ degree staff. I have fantastic staff. Um, But we've had them all the time anyway. We used to get higher capitation for that. Um, for for a degree, if, if you have a staff who has a degree, we used to get higher capitation. Yeah. But when they introduced core funding, they just removed that. Yeah, it, it, it's so, ridiculous. The number, of di- the number of different voices, Marie, that I'm hearing saying the very same thing. And here he... Yeah, he, we, all, we all can't be wrong. That's we the point. We all can't be wrong. That's the point. It's, it's like that. It's one of my favourite old sayings. I've no idea where I heard it from. But if 10 people are telling you you're dead, you should consider lying down. Stay there, Marie, till I bring in Rowena. Hi, Rowena, from Bailnavarov and Coachford. Um, uh, one of your one of your, your, your regulars with us on, on this. You were up there yesterday, big day. Good morning, PJ, and thanks for having me on and for your continued support. It's so much appreciated. Yes, I was above there yesterday with the thousands of other, mainly women, a few men, 
But, um, yeah, just the enormous stress and burnout again amongst the providers. And it's just so obvious to all of us that the inadequate government funding, it's just, it's risking the financial viability of our services. And it's causing closures. You know, that's, we don't want to be another one of those. But there is now, I think they were saying 90 closures yesterday um, from the Federation alone that we've noted. So it's very sad. And there's obvious, there's a very, very real problem. Mm. It doesn't seem that obvious to the minister. Absolutely not. And for him to come out and say that they, these closures are unwarranted, you know, I can tell you it's very, very much warranted. Uh, you know, the constant pressure. You know, even, for example, as Elaine Dunn, our chairperson, said yesterday, you know, we paid €4.60 Euro 60 to park our car yesterday outside um, Leinster House there during the protest. That was per hour. And this is what we're getting from the government to look after and to educate you know, Ireland's children, this is what we're valued at, you know, at 69 euros a week per child, it's working out at 4 euros 60 an hour you know, how can we pay our amazing staff on this shoestring, it's just, it's impossible and this has been since 2010 and we've been, you know, asking for this and we've got nothing. You have a situation where parents around this city and county are entrusting their children to the care of wonderful people like you and Marie and your staff and other people who've been on to me all week long. Hannah from yesterday, my raid from last week, wonderful people with wonderful staff and the staff who would earn more pack and bags in Aldi. Absolutely. And, that, and, and that's the, uh, no disrespect to staff in Aldi. But you'd not. earn more pack and bags in Aldi. Absolutely. And a lot less stress attached it's, to it. Yeah, a lot less stress and regulations. And, you know, yes, we're, there's no denying that, the you know, the minister has put a lot of money in. but it, And it, that is acknowledged, but we're not getting it on the ground. You know, I think maybe it's definitely the small and medium-sized services are most affected. But this, we've asked for a breakdown for this money. It hasn't come out. We're only assuming that it's gone into no. other departments, you know, the inspectors and different departments. But it's certainly like low pay for owners and staff who are very highly qualified mm. and experienced and doing, as you said, an extremely important job. What, what I'd love to do, and I don't think I'll get a chance because Ronda Kergorman or people like him don't mm. usually talk to people like me, but there will be an election come around and what I'm going to do when it comes around, if this isn't solved, is I'm going to pull bits of all the voices that I've been listening to for the last couple of months and play them back to him and ask, I'm going to ask him to tell me, are they all telling lies? Absolutely, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. We're, we're absolutely not telling lies. You know, it was very evident on the streets again yesterday and we didn't just close our doors, we closed the streets of Dublin. It was that, you know, uh, impact. It was unbelievable to see so many people there. You know, it really, really was. And I think people are just at their wits' end. And for me personally, it's a life or death situation at this stage because I can't continue. I can't continue. It's very sad to have to close my doors again. It's such an inconvenience for parents. But, you know, I have their full support. And it's a bigger inconvenience if I have to close my doors in June for good. So um, You you were on with me before, Rowena. Is that a possibility? Absolutely. You know, I'm full. I'm turning families away. I have long waiting lists, but I'm not viable. And I just can't sustain it. I'm running at a loss. And the core funding has only, unfortunately, made things worse for me. So it's just, yeah, it's it's very, very difficult to keep going as much as I absolutely love what I do. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing teacher with me. We're doing a fantastic job, like everybody else, providing a very high-quality service. And it's just very sad. 
So I really, really hope after yesterday that he might step up and listen to us. Well, well he's dug his heels in, chanting, in the last 24 hours. Yeah, he absolutely did, didn't he? So yeah. I don't know. It's, All right. It's, uh, we don't know what to do at this stage. All right. All right. We keep doing what you're doing because you're doing wonderful work for the children of our city and county and up and down the country and people being paid more. You would be paid more to do beep beep at the tills in LD. And look, I know that people in LD do a hard day's work as well. It's just a comparison, so don't be getting annoyed at me. You know the score. 0818969696. Kevin, uh, a voice note. Hey guys, uh, just on the way back from outside Mallow, heading towards Butterfield there on the bad bins. Uh, just as you come around one of the bins, I'd say there must have been some small rocks must have came off the back of a trailer or something. They're on the ground, just a small bit dangerous. Just watch them. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, wait, three, three, ninety-six, ninety-six, ninety-six. Standing water in Bishops from Cork Bio. There's standing water in Bishopstown around Melbourne Road, Rossa Avenue. There's flooding in Five Mile Bridge and through Ballagarvin. Flooding in Skibbereen. Uh huh. There you go, Mary Agnes. <laughs> and uh, Skibbereen and Lep flooded as well. Bad flooding outside the girls' school in Farron Ree. This is from Mick. Uh, large branch having splitting from a tree, blocking a bus lane. Headed in to CUH, that's from Emer. Northring Robert in Mayfield in Balavalan is now almost impassable. Traffic having to stop to allow one side pass down the middle. It's causing delays and I would say I will be too flooded too soon for cars to go through. And that is from Cloda. Keep them coming. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Parks 96 FM. Still plenty of your messages coming in about the impact of Storm Agnes around the city and county, and keep them coming. 083 396 96. 96 is the text, the WhatsApp, or the voice note. We're getting plenty of them too this morning, which is great. Uh, ESB power check reporting a fault in Bandon. Uh, around 1,700 customers affected down there. Estimated time of restoration of power, quarter past one. In Canturk, there's about 600 customers affected. They say estimated restoration time around one o'clock which is great, getting out in this. And remember, these are the people who go out in this and do this to get us back, our power, our phones, anything that that goes down, they'll get it back for us in a few hours. And and think of them. They go out in this. We're advised to stay in out of it. But they go out into it. 0818 96 96 96. Another voice note in the system. This one from Dara. Good morning, PJ. Dara McGann here. Just returned to Cove from Middleton, uh, giving a traffic update. Like Martina said in her earlier report, a lot of surface water on the road now, um, making as- access into Cove when you turn left over Bell Valley. A lot of flooding on the road there. There's a lot of flooding uh, coming in by the entrance to Photo Island Estate, uh, to the hotel. Uh, but drivers, please light up and slow down. And remember, you do have indicators on the car. Please use them. 
uh, but a lot of danger for for water planing on the road so please drivers slow down so what if you get there a few minutes late it's better to be there safe than sorry uh, but just be careful out there Thanks, Dara. Thanks to you for that. 083 396 96 You are our eyes and ears around the city and county this morning. The road between Inshagila and Dunmanway is now badly flooded, also being told. On the creche and the preschool uh, protests yesterday and listening to Rowena and Mary before 10. Uh, just wanted to send a quick message. Rowena is a great boss and she's an amazing educator for the children who come to us in Phyllis's preschool. It would be an absolute shame if she has to close her business because the government doesn't respect them. Rowena has long a long waiting list and children coming from far and wide, parents bringing their children there from far and wide to be educated in her setting. Thank you for that one. But go down the page a little and you have this one. Am I the only one who feels the childcare protest is unwarranted? think you might be the only one but anyway it's a very attractive position to be able to work from out of your house some childcare providers I know are far from suffering financially thank you 0818 96 96 96 the other major drug seizure I did a list of them I'll come back to that a list drawn up and I'll come back to it but the storm has kind of taken over this morning, as we move on to talk of other things for a while, because we must do that, and all the breaking news we'll bring to you as it comes to us. A reminder again: oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six and oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. If you have pictures, also that we can share, pictures or video, pop them to us at oh eight three. 396-96-96. Remember, we did this in the very early days of using stuff like. WhatsApp on the on the program. We, we did this during Ophelia, and some of the stuff that we got from around the city and county was astonishing. So, if there is any uh, video clip or picture that you've taken safely, pop it to us on WhatsApp at 083 396 96 Now, I have never heard of RTT, otherwise known as Rapid Transformational Therapy. It's a form of therapy, and Linda Duffy is practicing that therapy. After you used it, I think, Linda, to recover from your own problems or bring your own problems under control. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You had a neat... You, first of all, you were a model and, and, mm-hmm. and a successful one at that. But you mm-hmm. battled an eating disorder for over 25 years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, had been binge eating disorder for 26 years, actually. Um, and it's only in the last three years um, that I actually got the proper help that I needed to overcome it. Um, and that was after years and years and a lot of money spent um, in different types of therapy. And, yeah, it was RTT that that led me to kind of that breakthrough. And as a result of that, I I completely changed my own career from yeah. human resources to become a, an RTT therapist. <laughs> a binge eating disorder. Now, I've heard of mm. anorexia, I've heard of bulimia, mm. heard of other mm. things too, but a binge eating disorder, yeah. sounds it sounds positively horrible. Uh, well, that, it is positively horrible. Um, so, bin, yeah, binge eating disorder is when you go from and there's different types of it so the typical one that most people would be aware of and it's very like emotional eating is when you're triggered by something um you turn to food for your 
your coping mechanism. So instantly food will make you feel better. But with binge eating, you like binge drinking and things like that, you you eat until excess. So you'll either eat until you make yourself sick or you'll eat until you want to, you, you feel like you want to be sick. And effectively what it's doing is just pushing down all of your emotions, all of your feelings, because you don't know how to deal with them in reality in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. With me, I went from binging, but I also went to uh, restriction. So you can binge or you can have binge and restrict. So restrict is when, you know, you've had your binge, which might last for a day, two days a week, however long, and then you go into restrictive modes. So which is where you, you don't eat or you eat very little. So at my, you know, worst um, stage of my life with, with the binge eating and restriction, I was going, uh, I think my longest was 15 days without any food. So you, c- you can imagine that has an unreal psychological, physical, emotional effect on, on you as a person. And that's when you get to the extreme of you just, you can't, you know, effectively manage what's going on in your life. Yeah. So you're, you're at two extremes, really. You're, yeah. you're eating until you're so full you can eat no more for mm-hmm. however number of days and then eating nothing. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that must so, have so an awful go, effect. Go, that must have an awful effect on your body. Oh, Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Particularly, particularly mentally, you know, because you're going from and, and the thing is, and a lot of people who will emotional, emotional eat will, will appreciate this and they'll understand it, that you you go to it and you get your instant kind of happiness from having your food. You get that instant relief of, oh, you know, I'm OK, everything's fine and mm. you feel better instantly. It's, it's almost like a drug. You know, you get the same kind of highs from it. And then you stay in that because you're getting that instant relief. You're getting the kind of the soothing feeling of I can't deal with what's happening in reality. But I know my food is will always make me happy. That's that's my best friend in a way, you know. And then when you do that for so long, you're either you'll start to put on weight or you'll start to get sluggish and you start to you can't sleep and things like that. And then because you've consumed so many calories, because a lot of people are, you know, in, especially nowadays, you know, they're obsessed with how they look and on their weight and things like that. You go into, okay, I've had too many calories. So I need, how do I go? How am I going to reduce that really quickly? So you go into a restrictive mode. And that's why a lot of people will go from um, who are in this kind of cycle will, will think that diets and just eating well and all of this thing will, 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 I don't want to use the word cure, but will relieve you from having an eating disorder. Mm. That's why they don't work because you're not treating the internal issue. You know, you're not treating, well, what's actually causing you to do yeah. this? What's making you do this? What, why do you feel you're getting some kind of, yeah. you know, benefit or, or purpose from this? So, and, and I'll come to getting to the bottom of that and how important it is. But it sounds to me like the way you describe it to me. Sort of, so if you take me or someone like me on a, on a typical weekend, you know, mm. Saturday is a day when one might overindulge, maybe go into Sunday yep. and food and drink or whatever you have. Mm. And then Monday and Tuesday, you eat like a like a monk and you and you drink yep. water to, to 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 sort of balance yourself up again. That's something yep. that lots of people do. But with you it became chronic and habitual. Mm, exactly. And 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 it's like someone who has a normal what I call a normal eating pattern. They overeat. That's normal. That's what yeah. normal people do. But it's not linked to feelings about yourself. So you might overeat because it's a weekend and you're bored and you just feel like it. Mm-hmm. But people who have, you know, emotional eat because they're angry or they're triggered by, you know, somebody, whether that's somebody in the family or a partner or a colleague or whatever it is, they don't use it as a way to soothe themselves. You know, yeah. so you might overeat at the weekend. You're like, geez, I, I shouldn't have ate that much. Like, I'll be good now for the next few days. 
though. Yeah. But you don't think about it like it doesn't consume your thoughts. Like, yeah. why, like, why am I doing this? Why do I need it? You don't wake up in the mornings thinking I can't wait until like it's you know lunchtime so I can you know stuff my stuff my yeah. face and things I like know. that. You're you're you're, you're cons- it's it, it is an addiction in a form like you're consumed by it. You're consumed the by the way. feeling and the release endorphins that either one positive or negative. It, it, exactly, take. you know, it's yeah. it's it's the same as like you, drugs and alcohol. You, yeah. you that's your go-to yeah. when when something happens. You're like, I have to have that drink or I have mm-hmm. to yeah. whatever your drug of choice is or whatever. You, that's your go-to because you know that makes you feel better instantly. Yes, it's like someone put this to me before in another chat I had, Linda. Is you're almost addicted to your own endorphins, whether they're positive mm-hmm. or negative. Yeah, the, you, 100%. You, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like before you realized I need help here, mm. how, how bad had you got? Yeah. So, so, so like I'd say, I think the worst was when I was going that amount of, I, I always thought the kind of overeating was okay. Um, and the restriction for me was more, it wasn't actually all it was about losing the weight again. It was more, I knew that something wasn't right, so I, I thought, by okay, if I can not eat for this month, it means I'm mentally strong, that I haven't completely lost my mind, which obviously makes no sense, you know. But um, I tried therapy for years. I kind of dipped in and out of it, but I always, I think the problem was I always thought I could fix it myself because I, I, I'm someone who has an awful lot of willpower. I'm really strong that way. So I always thought y- you can do everything else in life. So I, like you can do this, you know, you just have to really, really, really try, you know. Mm. But things like this, they're not about willpower. Yeah. You know, they're not about going on diets. They're not about having your perfect meal plans and you know, doing your meditation every day and all. It's not about that. A part of it is that, but you have to fix the internal cause yeah. first. Like they have to treat the, the source. The know? really, 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 the really try bit is another one you hear before. And it's a bit like, I, I, I suppose if you have a, a hole in a bucket, Linda, you can really, really, really try to keep that bucket full of water, but it's always going <laughs> exactly. to leak out. Exactly. So until you actually, you know, sellotape that up or, or glue it up or whatever, you're going, you're going to have the same process. You're going to yeah. do great for a while, then you'll slip back, then you'll do great and you'll get back. And you'll, I spent like years and years and years in this vicious circle because I, I didn't really know... Yeah. I'd been going to therapy, but I'd, for me, I'd be going to the wrong therapy. I was, yeah. I was kind of doing your talk therapy, which is fantastic. Every therapy is is very good. Yes, but, but it, it wasn't working for you. Different ther- yeah, there's different therapies that work for different people, and there's also different therapists that work for different people. And you have to be willing to bear your soul to that person to kind of tell them yeah. every single thing that has gone on in your life and trust that person to kind of let them in. Yeah, and were you were you physically sick as well as being troubled with your with your mental health? <laughs> No, no in, so in terms of I never um, purged or anything like that. Thankfully, um, in 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 me for me, I actually had a phobia of getting sick. So I think okay. that probably actually helped me in this situation. Because no, I, I mean your physical that. health was can't have been good. Um, look, it wasn't. It wasn't mm. great. Um, I suppose in a way, I was lucky that I was like I was natural. And here's the other thing: I was naturally somebody who was what I would call like a normal waiter to look at me you wouldn't think I had any kind of problems because with binge eating you're constantly balancing yourself out because you're binging you're restricting you're binging you're restricting so to look at me you would never think she has issues with food and the other thing was like I hid it from everybody (laughs) so nobody knew you almost hid it from yourself really you got so good at hiding it so how how did you discover this RTT then and what is it Mm. yeah so I actually 
um, had, as you do when you're kind of going through your own journey, I'd signed up for a self-development course and I'd started that. And again, I had all these mental blocks and I was saying to this person, this isn't working and all this rest. And they're like, mm. you need to like get proper help. And they recommended RTT and I'd, I'd never heard of it. Um, so I looked it up and I was like, okay, this is different to what I've ever done before. And I spoke to a few therapists and then there was one lady that I was like, yeah, she's the person that I'm going to kind of tell everything to. And so I, after literally one session with her, um, my binging stopped overnight. So really? Yes, oh. that's why it's so effective. Yeah, it's not your typical talk. It's not, you know, you don't come and what, to what is it What is it? Yeah, so, so it's a mix. So RTT is a mix of CBT, which is cognitive... Um, behavioral therapy, NLP, which is effectively just rewiring your thoughts and hypnotherapy. But effectively what it's doing, it's it's you almost go into detective mode. So you find out, okay, well, what's happened in Linda's life that makes her turn to food? Mm-hmm. Because you, you don't just do it for the fun of it. You know, there's something causing you to do it. Mm-hmm. So once you understand what's at the root cause of it, you can fix that. You can, so you can change your thoughts. So in, in my situation, what I've gone into kind of the, kind of the trauma aspect of it is I I grew up thinking I was never good enough. I was always comparing myself to other people, no matter what I was doing, it was never good enough. And mm-hmm. I had, you know, I, I had a good life, you know, I had good jobs and all of the rest. So it's not always the kind of, you know, you know, you're in, in tough situations, you know, I had a pretty good life, but I still had those beliefs that came mm-hmm. from other trauma in my life where I felt not good enough. I was constantly comparing myself to other people. I felt I should have been more successful in life or why am I not where I, I, I thought I should be at at this certain age or all of these kind of things. And that comes from somewhere. That belief comes from somewhere, right? Yeah. And that comes from 99% of the cases that I work with, that comes from childhood. And how long did it take you to realise this when you sat into your therapy sessions? Yeah, so so a typical therapy, an RTT therapy session is about two hours. And, and I'm not joking. I know it sounds like really cliche and you probably wouldn't, be, I wouldn't leave it if I heard somebody talking about it, but... It was immediate. Like the next day, I remember going to, I was living in Saudi Arabia at the time and I remember going to breakfast the next day and I was looking at, like I used to live somewhere where all your food was provided. So it was like your best and worst nightmare. So you had desserts everywhere, food everywhere. And I remember looking at the desserts and I felt nothing. It was like looking at water. And I've never, ever had that. It was always dessert. You can't have that because you're on a good day or you're going to eat everything there because you're on your binge day. So, and that continued and continued. And I was like, what's, what's going on you know I just I just couldn't I just couldn't it's very hard to put into words what yeah, actually happened like the, when you came out of the session did you realise mm. if you like and this is going to sound like a very strange way of wording the question but did you realise what you had realised Um. yes and no so go, look if someone had said to me do you know what's causing it at the time I would have said yeah 100% I was convinced I knew what was causing it but throughout the session, I realized that was only actually a small part of it, you know. Mm. Um, so it, it, like the sessions are, they're emotional, they're draining because you're re- revisiting trauma. That's, you know, and that's normally not a nice thing, you know. Um, so it is draining, it's emotional, but that's yeah. what you have to do to get the help that you need. And it was only kind of the next day when I realized and I was in front of food, I just had no feeling towards it. Yeah, because CBT is very popular. I've spoken to many people mm, who've done it for yeah. all sorts of things, from anxiety and eating yeah. disorders, no CD. CBT yeah. is, is very, very popular. Uh, hypnotherapy, many people have used it for, for many, many things. So this yeah. is kind of bringing them all under the one yeah, umbrella, so, as it were. And, and, 
Exactly. And that's why it's so effective because it's taken the best elements of CBT, hypnotherapy, NLP, and that's why it's so effective. So it's not just talking about your feelings. It's actually what are you, well, it is in, in one way, but it's sure. also kind of like, again, what's what's at the root cause? Like, why are you actually doing this? Why do you feel the need to do this? Okay. And how do we change that? Okay. So that's that's why it's so effective. And that's why, you know, after it's normally a 21 day program, after a 21 day program, most people don't come back to me because they don't need to. And you went, you went off and way, trained in know? this. You were so impressed by it. Yeah, it worked so well. You went off and trained. Where, where do you train? Where, do, where does one train yeah. for this? Yeah, so it's part of the Mercer Peer Academy. So a lot of people would have um, come across her online. She works with a lot of um, celebrities and royalty and stuff like that. So she actually developed this herself. But it's recognized for a lot of the medical boards in the US, in the UK, uh, across Europe. So you you effectively train for it online. Um, I trained on it during COVID, so all of it was online at the time. But um, yeah, it's it's phenomenal, and yeah, just you know, completely. Look, if it didn't change my life, I wouldn't have left my corporate job and a guaranteed salary. Absolutely. You know, I know, I know. Yeah. Is there, or is it a perception? But we think there is. Is there a huge rise these days, Linda, in eating disorders, dysmorphia, young people, and? A lot of it seems to be driven by this myth that everything's perfect on Instagram. 100%. Yeah, like it's very few people, very few people I come across and even in personal life that have some kind of um, negative relationship with food, you know, and obviously there's, uh, you know, varying degrees. But yeah, it's this perception of, you know, life is perfect and I have to look this way. And, and and here's one of the things, particularly around kind of weight and kind of like body dysmorphia. A lot of people have that perception of if I look a certain way, it means I'm going to be more successful or I'm going to be more lovable or I'm going to be, mm. you know, more acceptable in society. When we know in reality that, you know, a lot of the things that are put on social media and magazines, it's all false, it's fake. They're all mm-hmm. using these filters and apps to make their body smaller and all of this like we know that but we still get consumed by yeah, it and that's we, because we, we're so mm. we're so we live in a world now where everybody's on their phones everything's digital we're working from home we're go to Tesco's and everything's like a self-checkout or you go to a bank and you can't talk to a person so we're completely yeah. becoming disconnected from reality and well that's as humans we're wired for connection so we 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 we, we lose that you know and, and we look at something on Insta or anywhere really, but take Instagram as an example. We look at something Mm. that is filtered and edited out the wazoo and Mm. yet we know this and yet we think, Mm. I'd like to look like that. You can't. Yeah. Because he doesn't or she doesn't. Well, exactly. And and in reality, we know that. But the reason why we can't move past that is because we have low self-esteem. And that's the problem. So if someone has, which is what I had, I had like really, I was very confident, but I had low, very low self-esteem. And again, that was fueled by things that happened, you know, in your past life or mm-hmm. in, in previous years. But if you think that way and you continuously think you have to look like that or, or be the best or have that best job or have that best partner or have to pick the house and drive the Range Rover or whatever it is, that's coming from a place of low self-esteem. Because you, mm-hmm. if you actually valued yourself, you know, well enough, you wouldn't need those things in order for you to think that I'm doing well, you know, or, you know, I'm a success in my life, I've made it. You don't need those things. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to look at the mirror in the morning and go, be grand. 
Well, essentially, yeah, you have to be with, I know that it gets, it's a comment that gets thrown out a lot, but you have to love yourself in a way. And for years, yeah. I never knew what that meant. And nobody could really actually explain it to me properly in a way that I felt I could understand. But yeah. loving yourself has just been in a situation where you have your high self-esteem, you have your high self-worth, you have your high self-care and self-love. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. You're continuously going to be unhappy and chasing something, thinking, you know, you know, going out buying that handbag or going out buying that car or having gone on those holidays and fine business class or whatever that, you know, you're going to be chasing that happiness. But they're, that's they're, they're all lovely, but they're not necessities, the luxuries, exactly. You, you have a exactly, web, they're you, short-lived. You have a website, lindaduffy.ie. But before I mm. let you go, interesting mm. observation of yours, I think when you came back to this country, you, you mm. realised that we're almost still, even in 2023, nearly into 2024, we're almost afraid as people to talk about therapy and to put it up on the table. Well, actually, I go to a therapist. Mm. You know, yeah, like I go was, to a doctor, or I go to a chiropractor, I go, well, I go to a therapist. It's got to be normal. Yeah, and no, I, I was really, like, really surprised when I moved back home that, like, there was, that I, I just thought it was so much more advanced because I'd seen all these campaigns and I turned, I just thought, like, gosh, like, Ireland has really moved on. But then in reality, I realised it hasn't. Like, I work with so many people that their partners, their husbands, wives don't even know that they have an issue, not to mind that they're actually talking to me in therapy. Crikey. You know, so that's, I thought that was phenomenal and just... Even like, and have just, you explored it with people as to why they haven't told their love? Even I, I'm assuming yeah, people it, in good relationships yeah, haven't told. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of it is that they don't want to. They don't want the person to actually know that they have that problem. They don't want. Um, it's it's fear of rejection. You know, if I show, and I had that. I was like, if I tell people about this, you know, they're going to constantly be looking at me at every meal, going, "Oh, she's eating too much. She must be drinking, or she's not eating." You don't like when you're under pressurized environments already. You don't need that extra pressure. So I can mm-hmm. understand why people don't want to expose themselves. Um, but equally, you know, it is this fear of rejection. I can't yeah. tell people that there's something going on. And equally, when you tell somebody there's something going on, it's like, well, oh gosh, what's going on in your life that's, you know, so bad that you have to mm-hmm. do this? Or, or what's wrong with your family? Well, everybody has something wrong in their lives. Everybody has some kind of dysfunction in their lives. Nobody has the perfect family or upbringing or anything like that. So it's, it's the fear of... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Once I expose myself, people will know, and that means they might reject me, and they might want me, and they might love me. Are we our own worst enemies an awful lot of the time? Look, the longest relationship any of us will ever have is with ourselves. So if we're if we're constantly critiquing ourselves and having those negative inner critic, of course we are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good talking to you, Linda. Linda Duffy. Uh, .ie is the website and the therapy is called RTT. Good speaking with you, Linda. We may talk again. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye-bye. 0818 Well worth thinking about it. Uh, but that, I was amazed when she was writing about that, that like, you know, we don't talk. If, you, if you're going to therapy, tell someone you're going to therapy. Therapy's good for you. That's why you go to it. It's a bit like me going to the chiropractor to get my dodgy back fixed once a month and not telling the wife. Like, what's the point of that? 0818 96 96 96. There is a tree down and it's stuck in someone's front garden. Has it fallen into the front garden? On Pierce Road in Balafahan. Fire Brigade are there working to clear it. Hopefully not too much damage done. Another ESB power check fault. Uh, there's... 60 customers affected in Ballincollig at 12.30 is the estimated time. It's a fantastic thing, actually, if you've got a, an iPhone or I think it's on, on Android as well. Of course it is. Uh, the ESP Power Check app. Uh, go grab it from your app store and it's really good, really easy to work. And it, you can get a map and you can find if your power is out. Okay, if your power is out, you might not have Wi-Fi. But you know what I mean? You can find out what power is out, where it's out, and... When it might be back. It's a super app. Well worth having on your phone. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, Connor has sent us a voice note here. Here he is. Morning, PJ. Uh, surface water as you come up from uh, Shanachiel heading towards the church in Clahine there on the, on the back road to Blarney. Uh, just uh, for motorists to take care on that approach from either Clahine or the Shanachiel side. Thanks, PJ. Thank you, Connor, for that. 083 396 96 If there's something you think we should know about, pop it into us in the form of a voice note. Coming up, I'll be talking to a woman who, when you hear the simple idea she has come up with through being a single mom. <laughs> this woman is going to be a millionaire before any of us are much older. Fully convinced of it. I'll chat with her next. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Now, Nicole Murphy, we'll talk about Magna Plan in a minute. It's a simple idea that you've come up with, and it's it, it's so simple, people are going to go, why did no one ever think of that before? We'll talk about it in a minute, Nicole. Nicole, you're a single mom of twins, and you decided when you were 39, on your birthday actually, that you were going to go ahead and have children as a single mom. It's a big decision. It must have been a kind of a scary one too. Good morning to you. 
Good morning, and thank you very much for having me on. Yes, it was the most difficult decision I ever made in my life on on my 39th birthday, but I had allocated that night to make that decision because I had been dating for 20 years at that stage. I had been in long-term, medium-term relationships. I was getting serious. Uh, After 35, I was getting very serious about wanting to start a family. Mm. Um, I didn't want to waste any time. And um, I knew at 39, I really needed to make a decision. I had finished a a relationship and then I was back in the dating um, game again. And I was uh, due to go on a third date with this guy, but there had been a few red flags. And I said, no, I'm going to stay home, cancel the date, stay home and uh, make my decision about whether I'm going to continue on the road of dating or else cut loose and go for it on my own and start my own family. So you wanted to have children, you wanted to be a mom, yes, but you weren't just definitely. going to settle down with any old dad and, and they, there, was, yes. there was no prospective dad turning up that suited your standard, as it were. Yes, I could have settled, you know, and it would have been fine for me, but there would have been issues there <clears throat> that I didn't want to inflict on my children, that I'd actually be better off on my own. Taking it on on your own is a big commitment, Nicole. Yes. The whole journey, fertility treatment, it was three and a half years from start to finish. Mm. But even when I made that first phone call, you know, it was with a lot of trepidation to the fertility clinic. I still wasn't completely 100% ready. I was pushing myself, you know, because I said, okay, time is of the essence. My biological clock is ticking. This is the right thing to do. I had looked into adoption as a single person, but it would have taken a five-year duration. And if I had met somebody in the meantime, I'd be put back at square one again. That's right. So it was too much of a gamble. And I said, even though I didn't feel a biological need to have my own children, I said, from a practical point of view, this is the way to do it. I didn't even know that as a single woman you could do this, but it's only in the last 10 years it's really become popular now in Ireland. found out more about it and got onto the clinic and then found out what are my next steps. It was difficult for you initially because you had some fertility issues. Yes, that's right. And I didn't know I had fertility issues. I didn't drink, not much. I was pretty healthy. I was into hill walking. I didn't smoke. You know, so I was very healthy. I didn't think I had any issues. I had never tried to get pregnant before. I had spent the previous couple of decades trying not to get pregnant. So I didn't know when I actually went to the clinic. First of all, they do a test. So they check what your ovarian egg reserve is. They check your blood levels, your hormones, everything. And it came up that I had issues that I didn't know about, like mild polycystic ovaries, endometriosis that came up Mm. later on, the thyroid issue. So basically, you know, if I had been trying to get pregnant anyway, I would have had issues. I would have had miscarriages. So what the clinic were able to do were they could put me on medication. I had an operation to sort out the endometriosis and they were able to regulate me to put me in the right position to uh, get pregnant. So I threw everything at it and, and the kitchen sink. And um, when the doctor came and sat by the bedside and said, you know, do you want us to implant one or two? I said two yeah. because I'm running out of time. I had always felt in my gut I was going to have twins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're eight um, now. We'll talk about them in a minute. But there was yes. a miscarriage along the way that might yes. put some people off. Well, it was heartbreaking when it happened, and I still remember the heartbreak. But at the time, 
in the hospital. I was in Hollis Street. I had to go in. Uh, I didn't realize that I would actually be going through labor. And the one person that was down as my labor partner happened to be sick on the day. So I said, don't worry about it. You stay away. I can do this myself. But I didn't actually know that they were going to induce me to go into labor and I'd be on my own in a room going in labor. And I was walking up and down the room, Googling the different stages of labor because nobody explained it to me and I wasn't ready. So it was an awful shock when it did happen. It was 13 weeks and it was the lowest moment of my life, the worst moment of my life. But in that moment, I said, if I can do this for my child, I can do anything, you know, and it it galvanized me. It made me stronger. It just physically just galvanized me. And I said, I will do whatever it takes for my children. Because my time was running out, I had to get back onto the clinic in between the tears and organize more treatment, you know, just had to keep plowing ahead until we got there. You have a sense of determination in you all throughout this. Twins are eight now. How are they? They're absolutely fantastic. I have a boy and a girl, Will and Maya. I called uh, Will after my granddad, William. Uh, He was my godfather. He was always in our lives, lived across the road. Maya then is called after Maya Angelou, the writer and civil rights activist in America. I'm a feminist and uh, I believe in equality and I'm bringing up my children uh, to be equals, you know, within their own house and expect equality outside their own front door. They're they're two great kids. They're brilliant. Uh, they get on great ninety one percent of the time, but uh, the other nine percent, yeah. it's uh, they will kill each other at times, <laughs> you know. But that's really typical. As a father of twins, I can confirm that's a hundred percent normal. Normal. Now, now, now necessity <laughs> they say is the mother of invention, and for you it was yes. a single mom, two small kids. You had to do something to manage to manage food. Yes, that's where the Magni plant came about, which is my product that I created. I never intended to set up a business. It was always my intention just to set up the family. But there were a few things I wanted when the children came along. I wanted to be as organized as possible because I was it was going to be a single parent family. I wanted to make up for that lack. I felt there was a lack that I had to compensate for somehow. And even there isn't a lack in single parent families, but I just felt deep down because it was my choice to bring them into the world in this way, I needed to make up the difference so that they wouldn't be falling short in any way. So I interviewed other parents at work. I was working in the bank in Dublin at the time. I was a project manager over a few departments and I would just go to lunch with different people and I would always ask them where the crunch point in their day was. There were parents and they all said six o'clock in the evening when they got in from work changing clothes, the kids swinging off you, you're trying to get on with the dinner, your head is still trying to come down from work and into home zone. And I said, fine, if I can do anything in advance to make that hour automatic, you know, that's key. And I said, meal planning is it. If I can organize my uh, meal planning over the week in a simple way, I can sort out the shopping in one go. I don't have to be cooking every night. I can reuse food. You know, I can have nights off. I can simplify it. I'm not cleaning up, doing a big wash up every night. So I said, that's it. And that's where I organized my all my meals onto little magnetic cards, all color coordinated. All the red ones were for meat dishes, the orange for soups, yellow for chicken, green for vegetarian, blue for fish 
purple for uh, sweets and treats. So I summarized all my go-to recipes so I could just plan out a week in advance, get the shopping done in one go and, you know, get on with it. And I ended up just saving loads of money doing it that way. I was saving myself around 200 euro a month. And uh, I, I didn't realize, you know, that meal planning saves you so much money as well as time and effort and headspace. You, you, you know? put your project so, manager skills to, to use in, in a domestic setting and you ended, exactly. up, you ended up with a business out of it. Magniplan, yes. it's available now. It is. You can get it on magniplan.com. So I'm exclusively selling through my website. And that's really to save customers money because if they buy directly from me, you know, we're not, uh, we're cutting the retailer out of it at the moment. You know, you can Google Magnetic Meal Planner Ireland and it will come up. Or you can follow on Instagram. It's Magni, M-A-G-N-E dot plan. And I'd love a follow if if any listeners are on Instagram. Global domination awaits, I suggest, Nicole. Uh, Well, I don't advertise too much because I was running out of stock. And Cork people are brilliant where word of mouth is getting around. I have a new pack launching this Friday. It's the Chores and Activity Pack. There are 20 household chores and Mm. uh, 20 activities because too often... You know, kids think the the fairies do the laundry <laughs> at night time, and you know, you tr- you throw it down, it goes falls off a chair, and then a week later, it ends up folded, you know, back in in your trust of drawers again. You can link that up to their pocket money, so that they can take on more chores as they get older. I think kids, when they leave home, they should have the foundation and the essential life skills to run their own home. Well, you're talking to someone who on the day I left home, which was the day I got married, I could barely boil an egg. So, 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 yeah, you're, you're speaking to, uh-huh. the, to the converted here, Nicole. And best of luck with all your different businesses. But can I come back to Will and yes. Maya? And I'm not too sure if anyone's ever asked you this before, but it was donor sperm on your own eggs, correct? Yes, that's correct. Are you prepared for the day when they might ask you? Who the donor was? They they already know. Um, oh. So I like I am probably a little over prepared for everything. <laughs> and what I did was, you have the option when you go uh, down the donor route of going anonymous or non-anonymous. Mm-hmm. I went non-anonymous because I think even though I chose to bring the children into the world in this way, I'm a gateway for them into the world. But it's their life, and I and. Different people feel strongly either way about it, but I felt strongly that they have the right to the information mm. about uh, their birth, about the genetics on the other side of the family, the medical history, and uh, they have a right to meet up with the person, with the uh, donor, uh, if they want to. So I paid extra. You pay extra for non-anonymous uh, donors, and they agree uh, to be contactable. Nice. Uh, when the child is 18. So on with the non-anonymous, you get around five pages of information about them. So I know more about the donor than I do about my own father, you know, about what their favorite color was, what their favorite animal was, their favorite pet, their favorite holiday, uh, what they're good at in school, what their grades were, their um, medical history going back three generations. So I... Instead of just having five pages, because I'm a visual person, I cut out each line with each answer and I made up a photo album 
and like the, the, the person's favorite dog is a dash hound. So I got a picture of a dash hound. Their favorite car was a beetle, you know, so their favorite musicians were their favorite food was this. So I got a picture of everything and I have a photo album. And there's a letter from the donor with a picture of the donor when the donor was four. And so you can see similarities, you know, and just explaining why they donated their reasons. And my donors, uh, they had friends who had issues and he specifically said, you know, he wanted to help couples or single single moms, anyone basically, uh, lesbian couples, you know, so he was open like that. He also gave really long responses to everything, very detailed responses. Sure. So I like that. So my kids have that album and I, I've ex- been explaining to them their origin story from the time they were six weeks old because I needed to get used to hearing it myself, you know. But I had always explained to them to the point now where if I say anything about it, they say, Mom, we know and we don't care. <laughs> I, I have contact details then for them who to contact if I'm not around, you know, when they are 18. On the back of that album is who to contact when they're 18 if they want to get in touch with the donor. Nicole, you're probably one of the most organised people I've ever spoken I am. to. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You know, some people are really organised. I love being organised like that. But the whole point of it is to get organised in the home to free up time for the fun stuff in life. That's good advice. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Nicole. And you too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Organised to a T. Um, Magna Plan is is her. That woman would be a multimillionaire before any of us are much are much older. You know that, don't you? Thank you, Nicole Murphy, and our best to Will and Maya. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Caller on the phone says the schools should have been closed because the worst of the weather is expected around midday. How are we expected to go home or to get them home? Can you imagine? the carnage if they closed the school. There'd have been people giving out about it. But it's true, it's going to be the toughest. They're, they're, it's only warming up. It's only 10 to 11 now and it is only warming up. There's a lot more left in Agnes before she leaves us. Although it would seem that she has taken a break at least in West Cork because Michael is in Baltimore. Beautiful Baltimore. Uh, gorgeous currently. And all clear over towards Shirkin. So maybe, 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 be careful, Michael. It might be just a break. So, so, thanks for that. 0818 96 Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork safety alerts. And Cork Floods is a hashtag that's flying now. Cork Traffic also flying. Um, there are flooding on the R611 between Maryville Stables and Castle Heights in Carrigaline. Take care on approach. Hashtag Storm Agnes. Actually, hashtag Storm Agnes. There's loads and loads of stuff on all the platforms. Flooding on Station Road, Ballincollig at the pedestrian crossing. Please take care on approach, particularly around school times. It's near the two schools. It's going to be bad there when schools are letting people out at lunchtime. Reports of a tree down between the Model Village, Dripsy and Kilmurray Pub. Take care on approach. That's also from Storm 
Agnes. Uh, yeah, on Nicole and her Magnaplan, magnaplan.com is her website if you want to look it up. And magna.plan, M-A-G-N-E dot plan on Instagram. Look, we love supporting small business here at Cork's 96 of M. Although I, I have a sense that it'll be a big business before very long. Uh, you'll, we'll play that podcast or we'll run that podcast in the afternoon for you at 0818969696. Or sorry, what am I saying? The podcast it will be on the website or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. I have so much stuff pouring in in terms of information and it's good to see. It's really good to see that tree down Pierce Road, Ballyfahan. Hopefully, nobody hurt and no severe damage. If you want to find out what's going on with the electricity in your area and you still have Wi-Fi or at least a phone signal, download that PowerCheck app. I've had it for years on my phone, and it's really, really handy. Bad flooding outside the girls' school in Farron Ree from Mick. Uh, some of these came in a while ago. In case you missed them, is a big branch has split off a tree and is blocking the bus lane out near Coh. That was from Emer. No, not our one, another one. Uh, on the North Ring Road between Mayfield and Ballyvalan is almost impassable, at least it was up to a while ago. A burst manhole in Mallow at the Spar near the Aldi. Uh, yeah, let's go down. I had a couple of things. Oh, some stuff coming in. Oh, we'll get to it maybe today. If not, to, if not today, we'll get to it tomorrow. A lot of people complaining <clears throat> to us and on various Facebook notice boards about the 220 bus. The bus that goes all the way, when it's supposed to, all the way from Crosshaven out to Ballancolic via Carrigaline and Douglas and Maryborough Hill and the city centre and Model Farm Road and Denny Heath's Cross and all that big long bus route. We have been getting reports of people not happy with that service for various reasons. I'm hoping to, to speak to Kay maybe today or tomorrow about that. Um, well, we're going to keep an eye on it for a little while because it's a fantastic service. It was the first 24-hour bus service in the whole country ever. But it has its problems. And we've been watching various forums on Facebook and people have been coming to us with reports about problems with the 220 bus. So we're watching it, we're on it, and we'll be talking about it. I think you brushed over the question, says Mark, of closing schools. If anybody happened to someone driving to or from school this morning, wouldn't we be sorry then? Holly Hill had a lot of debris on the road. It's true, Mark. No, no, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just only in a red warning. Are schools closed or advised to consider closing? Of course, a school can close whenever it feels like if it's got the OK of the principal and the board of management, if they feel they need to. But they only have to close in the event of a red warning. And we only had an orange warning for this morning and into the afternoon. And if we're to believe what we're being told, why wouldn't we? The worst of Agnes is to come over the next two hours. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. 
Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 396. The cargo ship that was seized uh, through the Rangers, the incredible work of the Rangers and the Navy and the Guards and the Customs and the Revenue people yesterday evening. 2.2 tonnes of cocaine, depending on its purity, its street value start about up 155 million euro. But of course, that'd be diluted down and diluted down and caught and caught again. Probably make an awful lot more than that. In, in the open streets but thankfully this particular batch anyway won't get to the streets it, it, the, the, the biggest ever I was talking to Ralph Regal about this earlier this morning the biggest ever in the Irish seizure history as it were was Dances with Waves uh, when it came into Castletown Bear in 2008 that was 1.85 tonne uh, roughly the Dunlock Bay seizure or the Dunlock Bay this is the, the, where it, it fell into the sea and was washed up in Dunlock Bay over after some ages put diesel into a petrol engine and you know yourself there's an awful lot of incompetence actually seems to cause these drug seizures to, to happen the Dunlock Bay one was the one that the young offenders built a storyline out of and we all know where that started and what that led to actually drove down to West Cork uh, the last few months with Queen Bee, we found Dunlock Bay on a gorgeous afternoon. It's a beautiful place. It's like a stunning, stunning part of the world. But we recognised it. And now oh, there's the Young Offenders Beach. Dunlock Bay, down near Towhead, near Skibbereen. And there's loads of little bays like it along the way. There's been some really big ones. There was 700 kilograms found in Court McSherry in 1991. Uh, Ross Carberry at the Warren in 1993 it was 150 kilos and 700 kilos in Tregumna also in uh, 1993 so there's nothing in Tregumna like lads only a beach uh, 1.2 kilos 1.2 tonnes rather 1.2 tonnes was found in Kinsale in 1993 uh, 600 I remember this one the sea mist in Cove in 1996 600 kilos Kinsale in 1998 320 kilos but the Matthew that huge Panamanian vessel that was pulled up last evening by the Rangers who boarded it incredible bravery incredible skills underpaid and undervalued one might say um, the Matthew they reckon 2.2 tonnes of cocaine on board that 0818 96 96 96 the electricity is back already in Ballancolig it had been scheduled to be back at half 12 well done to the ESB, to the network people who go out, go out into that take a little of that, they go out into that to try to make sure that you have power. Alright, want to pop to the airport because they're having a torrid old day of us right up there on top of a hill the wisdom of, whoever had the wisdom to build an airport on top of a mountain every so often on days like this it comes back to haunt as Barry Holland, Barry Holland marketing manager uh, at Cork Airport. It's a it's a busy one up there, Barry, and you've had some cancellations, diversions, etc. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, we've uh, had just a, a number of cancellations, but generally speaking, the airport is open and operation and the vast amount of services 
are operating, Good. Uh, some on schedule and some slightly with delays. There were cancellations to the Aer Lingus uh, 712 uh, to Cork to London Heathrow and then obviously the inbound from London Heathrow EI 715, both weather-related cancellations. KLM have cancelled their inbound and outbound services to Amsterdam Schiphol this evening. It's KL 1087 and KL 1088. Mm. And then Aer Lingus have also cancelled the, the Palma service um, EI 860 as well. Um, and there, But generally, generally speaking, uh, we've had a lot of the flights that were due to arrive this morning between 9 and 10 o'clock arrived. Uh, flights from Alicante, from Manchester, London, Stansted, Amsterdam, they all arrived in and uh, thankfully uh, no issues to report there. Mm-hmm. So we're keeping a close eye on things. Obviously, it's a very fluid situation um, and as the day progresses, we'll know how much more of an impact it may or may not have. However, at this point in time... What are your weather stations telling you up there, Barry? So the, at 10 o'clock, the, the Met report at 10 o'clock was that the wind was blowing southeasterly direction at a speed of 26 knots and gusting up to 59 knots. Um, in kilometres per hour context, that's speed of 48 kilometres an hour and gusting up to 109 kilometres an hour. Um, and that was the 10 o'clock report. So uh, that's the latest as such. And obviously the 11 o'clock hasn't been issued just exactly yet. But uh, that's that, that's the lie of the land at the moment. Um, but as, apart from those uh, cancellations that have been um, and have been um, we've been notified of, uh, everything else is operating um, as scheduled. Okay, okay. The the worst it would seem is is yet to come between twelve and two. So this is a fluid situation. I think I take it. Absolutely, we're keeping a very close eye on things. You know, our team here, our operations team, are in close contact with the airlines and the ground handlers regarding services that are either due to depart or due to arrive. Our teams, our food and beverage teams, are working really hard to making sure as well that there is enough um, uh, food available as well for passengers that may be delayed as well. And uh, so we're just, as such, look, you know, we're, we're used to this kind of a, we're used to this kind of a weather event too, PJ. So, uh, you know, our teams are in full flow this morning and our full focus is on, uh, is on dealing with the impacts of Storm Agnes when and how they come. You've advised people to contact their airline for any further flight information, but I give you an opportunity while you're there with me, Barry. I know you've got, I used it myself during the summer, this fabulous WhatsApp service that people can can avail of through the website. Tell people about that. that that's right. So at the first instance, always, PJ, we'd recommend that passengers contact their airline for flight information, and particularly in a day like today before they travel to the airport. The airline is the first point of information. Airlines obviously then feed the information to us, which reflects on our website and our arrivals and departures boards. But if um, particularly for meters and greeters, and particularly handy feature is on the both the arrivals and departures pages on corkairport.com, there's a link down the bottom to a WhatsApp feature, which you can receive real-time flight information updates. All one needs to do is to type in either the flight number or the origin, let's say the origin or the destination of which the flight is operating to or from, and then it will automatically feed WhatsApp updates into your phone. For example, flight on approach, you know, if there's a slight delay, flight, mm. you know, updated expected time, flight has landed, you know, bags delivered, bags on belt, um, you know, so it's, it's a really, it's a really, really good feature. There was a, a good 12 to 18 months spent in developing the feature, making sure it talks to all the various other systems as well that are within the airport. And what it does ultimately, it's it's from a customer service point of view, it gives people that really accurate information really? that they need if they're picking someone up or dropping someone off or flying in or out themselves. You're a West Cork man originally, aren't you, Barry? 
I am, Peter. You, I know, am you know this is named after a West Cork woman, don't you? I didn't know that, actually. A woman from Skibbereen by the name of Agnes Mary Clark, a right troublemaker, I'd say, in her time. Actually, no, oh. she, was, she was an astronomer, <laughs> but there you go. Barry, Barry Holland at Cork Airport. Pleasure, always. Uh, 0818969696. That is a fabulous syst- uh, system. I've used it when I was collecting someone and travelling myself during the summer on their, their website but contact your airline if you're in doubt and it's a fluid situation if there are any changes you will be the first to know and you'll be the second after Barry knows 0818 96 96 96 there's a tree down at the entrance to Green Valley in Donnybrook take care on a pro- shh hold on shh do you hear I don't feel hear it if you hear a kind of a, a rumbling sound behind me that is Agnes trying to beat in the windows of Studio One. You can hear her there from time to time. There's a tree down at the entrance to Green Valley in Donnybrook. Um, reports of a tree down between Fremont and Tully Lease. Take care on approach. Cork traffic reports a tree down northbound on the N20 just before Rathduff. Uh, take care on approach. Yeah, there's there's magic that happens between the studio and the transmitter, and they're telling me here that that will prevent you from hearing it. But trust me when I tell you, the wind, the wind behind me, or the window behind me, big thick window, it's nearly a foot thick with three or four panes of glass in it, is rattling at the fury of Agnes. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox ninety six FM. The big drive home with Izzy Showbizzy. On Cork's 96FM. Join me weekdays from 4pm to hear more kids stealing their mom's phone for requests. Hi Izzy, this is Erin. <laughs> Even if you don't know my name yet, it's cool, I'm still new here. Hi, so Izzy Bosch. Hi, oh, Busy. Hi, Izzy, so Busy. And there'll be plenty more chances for you to win amazing prizes. We would love to win the tickets to the fire show, please. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home you can drive me With Izzy Showbizzy Cork's 96 FM 96 FM It's getting noisy out there now It's noise you probably won't hear Because of the technology that happens Between where I'm sitting And before you get to hear me But but yeah She's getting noisy And she's getting angry And Storm Angus is to reach its peak According to uh, Alan and Carla Weather Who was talking to me earlier this morning uh, She will reach her peak Between 12 and 3 uh, and it's going to get loud, and it's going to get lively, and it's going to get nasty. And the best bet is really staying out of it. It's still an orange. She's still an orange, but staying out of it if you if you don't have to go out in it is probably the best the best advice we can give you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's a tree down a Church Road Black Rock across from the Super Value Scallies there. That road totally blocked. Crikey, is that one of the old trees inside the high wall there, Dave? God Almighty, they're big trees. They're big trees. That'll block the whole road. Just drove in from Kinsale to Douglas. It's treacherous, says Jar. High winds, flash floods, bits of trees everywhere. Be careful. If you don't have to go out in this, don't, is the best advice we give you.
0818-969696. And if you have something that you think we should know about, pop it into a voice message. 0833-969696. Now, Deborah, I remember, I remember the crash. I was working in the newsroom at the time and I had really not realised that it was uh, as, as long ago as it was 18 years, nearly 18 years ago so uh, my condolences as you come to um, Harvey's 18th birthday, I, I really hadn't realised it was it was that long ago I'm speaking to De- Deborah Burns Morning Deborah Morning, how are you? Good, and I do remember the day and I do remember the accident and the tragedy so leave it, leave it at that but 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 Harvey was was very very small. He was he was only an infant, and he became an organ donor, which is fascinating. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was nine and a half months old, and we donated his organs at the time of the tragedy. Um, so we decided to do this fundraiser in memory of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A nine and a half month old. As an organ donor, I've never heard of a child so young being an organ donor. Yeah, you know, lots of people don't know, you know, I suppose until you're in a situation, you don't know um, what you can do, you know. And I suppose with organ donation, not a lot of us know, not a lot of us are educated in organ donation and how important it is, Mm. you know, until you're in a situation. And so I suppose that's why we decided to do an awareness gala night to create awareness. And we had a girl from the ODTI came down and gave a talk and a very informational talk, you know, mm. on how important it is, you know, this, and this the was stats Castle and Hotel. how low they are. That, that's how you chose yes. to mark uh, Harvey's 18th birthday yourself and, and Eddie put this this night together at, at the Castle Hotel. Um I was reading Sarah Horgan's piece in the Echo. You, you, now you've not met them obviously, but you know where his organs went. He saved two lives. Yeah, that's right. Um, I suppose you can contact after the ODTI, and they can go and get you information if you wish, and they keep on contact with you. But obviously, when Harvey donated his organs back then, it was very different. To, how technology has changed now, you know, in how they keep records. And we got a letter back then to say he was there to donate and what he donated. But then when we rang about doing this gala night and to get some information for the people that were going to be there on the night, then they went and asked us if we'd like some information. Mm-hmm. So they went and got that then, you know. Yeah. At the time of, of the accident, had yourself already ever even considered organ donation was it something that ever entered your mind as no not at all no not at all um you know if any tragedy happens in anyone's house you know nobody um expects to organ donate unless i suppose maybe when you're older and you've heard it over the years um maybe then you might have spoke about it but we were young and our child was young so um, we hadn't discussed it ever, um, no. Um, somebody had come to us from the ODTI to see would we do it and um, Eddie made that brave decision to do it and sure, out of a bad situation, it brought so much joy into another house. Yeah. 
Indeed. that very much deserves to live. Everyone deserves to live a healthy, happy life. Indeed. And, you know, that's that's the bitter sweetness in all of this, you know. And now I suppose what we focus on is that, you know, organ donation is very important. And when you can see results, I suppose it's even better, you know. Indeed. Indeed. Um, he was so tiny. You, you, you know, he... He lived in a world where, as you say, he never saw badness. He 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 died so young. But tell me about him. What was what was he like? Me, little tiny baby. What was he like? Sure, he was beautiful. He's like everyone's first child. You know, you you know, you adore the ground they walk on. You know, he obviously made me a mother, a parent. You know, and that being robbed to you is. Heartbreaking, you know, you never get over it, but you learn to live with it. And of course, you have good days and bad days, but you know, he brought in a lot of joy, and we're very grateful for the memories he left us, you know. Mm-hmm. He has siblings now, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He has um, an older brother and sister belong to my husband, Eddie, and then he has three younger siblings as well. So, um, which is great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, the event that you held in, in the Castle Hotel, you raised a colossal amount of money and well done to you. Yeah, I suppose we were very naive at the time. We thought we'd put together this little memory night thinking that it was going to be something small. And I suppose with the great community and family and wider circle of people, you know, came on board and we sat 160 people for a gala dinner and band and the works on the night and we held a raffle and people were extremely eager to buy tickets and to support it in any way they could. Mm-hmm. And we thought at the time, I was hoping, I said to Eddie, wouldn't it be lovely if we could raise 10,000 euros, give 5,000 to the Irish Kidney Association and give five to Strange Boat. Mm-hmm. So what's Strange and Boat? I, I saw that. What's that Strange Boat? Strange Boat is a charity set up by a family in Galway that set up a remembrance garden in memory of people that donated their loved ones' okay. organs. Okay. Yeah. And it has stone from all over Ireland. I see. And it, it's just a beautiful remembrance, you know. And... We had been up there a few years ago and it was just a lovely place. And, you know, it's self-funded, you know, they don't get any help, obviously, government-wise and stuff. So we were hoping to help them out. Yeah. And we did that and we just raised over 30,000 euros. Brilliant. That's incredible. Yeah. In one evening, that's absolutely yeah, it's amazing, Monty. fantastic. He'd be, he'd be very proud of his mum and dad, I think. Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, as I said, I remember it. I remember it's an awful tragedy. I won't go into it with you, but it was. Uh, I know you'd prefer not to, and that's fine. It, it was an awful tragedy. I, I do remember it. Uh, well done on the donation. Uh, my thoughts with, with your family at this time, which is both a happy time and a sad time. And uh, if anybody wants to sign up for organ donation, it's very easy. You just go to www.ika.ie. I've often said before, Deborah, and I say it again, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to. But there you go. Yeah, and you know, the very important thing about this is it's not just signing your donor card. 
you know, you have to tell your loved ones. It's a very hard decision for your family to make after you pass. Mm. You know, there's enough grieving at the time. And if you make your loved ones aware that you'd like to be an organ mm-hmm. donor, an organ donor, it makes the process a little bit easier on your family. There's no point in having this card signed unless you make people aware. And, you and know, that's what we're trying to get out there. Out of our conversation this morning, which we will podcast and people can hear again later. But even if one person turned around to their family this evening, and probably a young, fit, healthy person turned around to their family or their partner or their loved ones this evening, or even to their best friend, and said, you know what, I heard that this morning. If anything ever happens to me, will you make sure that anything that can be used, they take? If, if only one person has that conversation, it'll have been a successful day, won't it? It will, of course. It will, of course. You know, that's the most important thing is having these conversations while we are fit and healthy. All right. Deborah, thank you very much. And my best to Eddie and to the rest of the family, the parents of Harvey Desmond Burns. 0818969696. Yeah, do that. Have that conversation. Because what happens is at times like this, when there's a tragedy, your head's not going to be in that place. And someone's going to approach you and say, look, Tom or Mary or, you know, Harvey, what do we want? Well, in Harvey's case, he was a tiny baby. But Tom or baby or Mary or whoever, you know, will you donate their organs? And if they have said to you, you know what, Uh, if it works and someone can use it, take it. That's exactly what I've said to to my family. Every member of my family, all of my friends, anybody who might possibly be around if something were to happen to me. They all know if it works and someone can use it, take it. 0818 96 96 96. I'm done with it. Tim says all the roadside gullies are blocked. He blames a lack of cleaning and the pedestrians are getting drowned as a result. Why does this happen? He's putting it to the city council. Where was I this morning? Where was I this morning on my way in? And I noticed that there was a lot of surface. Someone coming, somewhere coming in the Douglas Road, actually, there was a lot of surface water. There was a dip in the road, and even that was really early. PJ, could you get word to Nagel Rice Secondary School in Donnerail? Surrounding roads are flooded. There are trees down. So that the Nagel Rice Secondary School in Donnerail. It could be tough to get people in and out of there for the next few hours. Thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. If there's something you think we should know about to do with Storm Agnes, then 083 396 96 96. There's a major media briefing getting underway uh, following the operation last night of the the, uh, interdiction, as Ralph Regal called it, the arrest of the, the Matthew last night there's a major uh, multimedia briefing getting underway so if we get anything from it before midday we'll bring it to you but if not you'll hear it in the news bulletins throughout the course of the day 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM This is interesting it is now brightening up a little bit over the city as I look out the window. The, the, the wind seems to have kind of died down and even the rain may have stopped. But this is what Alan said to us earlier on might happen. 
that just before she revs up, she's, she's taken a breather and she's revving up, is Agnes, to go at us again. And the worst is to come after midday. But it's starting to kind of ease a little bit in the city now. Don't be, don't be fooled by that. And then Anne was on from Crosshaven, said the wind is picking up something wicked down there. And she reckons the schools should have been closed because it's treacherous now. A lot of people are saying that in the last while, particularly now with the worst part to come at lunchtime and the early afternoon, that maybe they should have considered closing schools. Under an orange warning, they generally don't. Under a red warning, schools do close. But under an orange warning, schools can kind of make their own decisions. I think that's how it is anyway. 0818 96 96 96. Um, Working from home, it divides people. It divides offices. Uh, Hybrid is the big thing now, of course, that you work half your time in the office and half your time at home. So many people love doing a bit of their work at home. Now, I, one of them, for example, I love to work at home. And I, before I did this job for nearly 10 years, I mostly worked at home. I was based out of home, uh, operating all over the place, hither, hither, hither and yon, as they say, for the newsroom. So I was mostly based uh, from home or around the road. And I do 50% of my day now is done uh, from home. So hybrid working is, I'm, I'm no stranger to it. But a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, are now deciding that I'm not taking that job if I can't work partly, at least part-time from home or work on my own terms or work on my own hours. And some women, women in particular, are leaving jobs because they can't get the option to break the day up or break the week up or be a bit flexible on the hours or be a bit flexible on the time. You know, task A, B and C, if they have to be done by 6 o'clock Monday, well, I'll get them done by 6 o'clock Monday. How and when and where... And in what way is my business? But you'll have those tasks done by 6 o'clock Monday. That's kind of a task-based working thing. And a lot of women are now looking for opportunities to do hybrid working or to work almost entirely from home. And they're prepared to leave a job and go to another job if the other job is offering them better terms in that regard. Not necessarily better money, but better terms in that regard. Um, Employ mum... Uh, Karen O'Reilly was t- talked to Employ Mum many times. She now operates another business called Employ Flex, which looks at putting people into flexible working and find finding flexible work for people to do. And she joins me now. Karen, we've talked many times about this, but the pandemic kind of opened our eyes to the fact that there is a different way and that it works. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Yeah, that, that's very true. Obviously, we were all thrown into a remote working environment and for many, it was absolutely fantastic. And it opened up a world where they could, you know, have real work-life balance. And, you know, um, we, we've we been in business since 2016 and we've always been talking about flexible work and we've been advocates of flexible work. And one of the main reasons why employers were kind of pushing back against it was, well, how can we trust our employees? Mm. How do we know that the work is going to get done? And lo and behold, the work did get done. And in, in many cases, actually, um, the many employees were much more productive working from home and and a happier employee, employee as well, because they had that elusive work-life balance happening. 
there we were, March 2020, either sent yeah. home full-time or part-time. And bosses who would never have allowed it had no choice but to allow it. Absolutely. And again, all those arguments that they had pre-COVID, oh, we don't have the technology, we don't have the security, we don't have the infrastructure and the trust issue as well. That was all just thrown out the window as we were thrown into the greatest you know, remote work experiment ever on the planet. But um, as I said, we, we, we proved that it can work. And now I suppose uh, you know, we, we're, we're at full employment. It really has become an employee's market and it is the number one thing that people, candidates in the market now are looking for can be done from home it can be done on my time so that's how i want to do it and if you want me you need to make the position attractive for me in that way absolutely and i think that this is where you know smes can really get competitive advantage in the market we have a lot of indigenous small companies it's very hard for them to compete against the the big multinationals and the farmers in terms of um, salary and benefits and all that. But what they can do is offer authentic flexibility. And that's what a lot of the big pharmas and the big, you know, um, institutions are not offering. You know, you are expected to do the 50, 60 hour weeks and, you know, give a pound of flesh, you know. So, you know, we are finding a lot of mothers in particular mm. are leaving high power jobs looking for that flexibility uh, in, 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 in their work. Because again, they've had a taste of it. They like it and they like, you know, having autonomy over their, their work and where they can work and when they can work. And that's now what uh, our candidates are looking for. They're re-evaluating their priorities in life, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and you know, I think people... You know, a few good things did come out of COVID. I think people did, you know, realise, you know, to a certain extent what's important to them. Being in a commute for two, three hours a day, you know, to go to an office. That just doesn't make sense anymore to a lot of people. And there's, a, you know, there is a pushback against that from. And, and the thing is, you know, the companies that are really getting it and embracing it, you know, they are the ones who are going to, in this tight labour market, attract the best talent out there. So um, it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody, really. You're keen to stress, though, that it, it doesn't need to be an earth-shattering change. Sometimes just letting a person work from home one day a week or even half a day a week just to suit their own individual life needs. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of companies and organisations kind of are, you know, are, are scared of the term flexible work. And, you know, if we offer it to Mary, then we'll set a precedent and everybody will want it. But <laughs> the reality is that, you know, people are, people don't really want massive, uh, you know, change, you know, and a very small gesture can make, make a whole lot of a difference to a mother, is, for example, in the workplace. You know, if, if they don't have to be in for half eight in the morning, you know, if an employer allows them to come in at half nine after school drop off, that that tiny gesture can can make a a huge difference to somebody's stress levels and uh you know getting out the door in the morning you know you don't have to get somebody else to go in to do that or you know it just just you know and it's all about you know having those open conversations now with your employees and you know it does have to work for the company as well it does have to work for the organization 77 percent of organizations in ireland have skills shortages at the moment you know so by being flexible and returner and family friendly you're really widening your net and getting access to that increased talent pool and, and also, 
um, by offering flexible work, you are obtaining what we call sticky talent, you know, the talent who are going to to stay with you. And these are women who really want to work. And, and let's face it, they're, they're not going to run off to Australia for, you know, like they've mm. got children, they've got a mortgage, they're, they're, they're here to stay, you know. So by you giving them that flexibility, you're going to get it back in that loyal talent that are, are happy to stay with you. You know, again, a win-win for everybody. You talk about something I've not heard of before, the motherhood penalty. What's that? Well, I suppose the motherhood penalty is, is not a new phenomenon. Um, it's been around for a long time. And I suppose it is the price that women pay for growing their families while they're in the workplace. Um, so statistics show that moms in the workplace are less likely to be chosen for new roles or promotions. They will earn lower salaries and they'll be held to like a higher standard than fathers and non-mothers. And paradoxically, then men enjoy a fatherhood bonus. So men statistically will actually earn 20% more than childless men in the workplace because they're deemed to be more committed. You know, they're steady and they're going to stay with you as well. Like so. What, a, a man with a couple of kids is deemed to be a more reliable employee and a woman with a couple of kids is deemed to be less? Em- is it that that simple? Well, you know, well, a woman will be overlooked for promotion. Um, you know, women will generally take some time out also um, around having children. They'll mm-hmm. take their maternity leave. They may take the parental leave, which, again, fathers are traditionally are not taking. So you're, you're a woman after having children are, you know, they're being punished. Um, a recent study in 2022 from Maynooth University um, noted that women will have a 27% fall in earnings immediately after childbirth. You know, these, these stats are out there. These, these are facts, you know. Yeah. And I suppose those traditional beliefs about fathers being breadwinners and mothers as caregivers is still kind of deeply ingrained in our psyche. And, and we must remember as well that um, our constitution currently states that um, mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. That is still, unfortunately, in our constitution. Now, I know there is talk of changing it, but, you know, that, you know, that is... <laughs> if you take a very topical issue, Karen, and that is the, the three days of action being taken by childcare providers up and down the country, it is predominantly mothers who will have to restructure their week Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I suppose it's it's in our psyche, really, you know, when a woman is planning on going back to work, um, you have to do the, the, the maths and, and look and see, is it going to be financially an, an, an issue for us? You know, am, is my childcare cost going to be more than than what I'm earning? And, and if that's the case, I should stay at home, mind the kids, you know what I mean? And it's, it is, again, generally, but not always the mother who will take that burden of responsibility and and take that career break, again, leading to the motherhood penalty. Uh, because if you've got that career gap on your CV, it, it is it is more difficult to get back into the into the, the workplace afterwards, you know. As is the case with so many of the women you've dealt with over the years. Just lastly, to broaden out the whole flexibility thing for a minute, mm-hmm. in the last 12 months, some big companies are demanding that people come back to the workplace. I mean, Zoom, for goodness Mm -hmm. sake. Zoom, which revolutionised online working when we had to do it, is now pulling people back into the office. From someone working in recoupment, Karen, what's going on? Why are they dragging people back into a workplace that they've proven they don't need to be in to do their jobs? I think there's a lot of different factors for, for, you know, driving that, you know, but, you know, I think they're being reckless, really, in their desire to control their their employees, because we can see it here in Employ Mum and Employ Flex that people are walking 
from good, good jobs, well-paid jobs. And, you know, they're saying, we, we, we don't want this anymore. We're, we're, we're rebelling against this. And we're going to walk towards the companies that are offering true, authentic, flexible work. You know, people are, are, are voting with their feet, really. And uh, those companies that are, you know, putting the, these demands on people to be on site are the ones who are going to lose the talent. People are coming into their boss and they say, well, actually, I'm, I'm handing in my notice because you won't do this for me, but they will. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't afford to do that in a tight labour market. You know, it is an employee's market at the moment. Yeah. Karen, thank you. It's always good to talk to you. Thank you, PJ. Cheers. Uh, Karen Ray from Employ Mum and Employ Flex. I often do wonder why. Zoom was the one that knocked me for six. I heard on the business news one morning that Zoom, like the company that enabled us all to work and meet and chat and and do all these things off-site when we had to, when we had to. And their shares, the cost of their shares like went through the absolute roof in Zoom. And now they're the ones... The ones who invented and facilitated the technology to get us working remotely are now pulling people back into the office. I see, I'm told, I don't know how true this is, I'm told Apple are insisting on people doing an awful lot of work back in the office now. People who would be well and truly able and would have the facilities and their work and their tasks are all doable from home. Why they're being pulled back into the office. I, I don't know, it's going on a lot. It's something I'd maybe like to talk about if it's your experience, if you're an employer who had people working from home and now would prefer them back in the office, I'd love to talk to you as to why, because I genuinely don't understand. Help me to understand here. Um, yeah, the road from Kinsale to Douglas had a few messages about this. It's treacherous. Treacherous as we move along. It's, yeah, it's dulling up over the city again now. We There was even a little patch of blue sky for a couple of minutes over the city, but it's gone. Road from Douglas to Kinsale, treacherous. High winds, flooding, bits of trees. Uh, trees down in the most unexpected places, down near Scally's Super Valley, the big Super Valley there in Black Rock, there's a tree down. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's those big ones inside the wall across the road, like they've been there since, I don't know, since, since then Finn Bar. 0818 And then people were cribbing about red warnings, orange warnings, yellow warnings. Listen, it's a bit of bad weather, get over it like the rest of us did. That, you get that, you get a lot of that. But then people giving out about storm warnings, ask them what they prefer. Ask the people in Libya what they'd prefer. Warnings are Armageddon. Because in Libya, they got no warning that this flood was coming, that terrible flood in the last few weeks. Imagine texting a radio station to give out about trying to keep people safe. Would they they be happy if a flying roof slate hit them in the face? God forbid. Yeah, God forbid, for goodness sake. We don't want that happening. Road from Roaches down to Passage, badly flooded. That's a road that gets flooded very easily in the wrong circumstances. Thanks for that. Actually, looking to the European Storm Forecast Experiment. The what, Pete? Yes, the European Storm Forecast Experiment. Istofex or Estofex. They say that Storm Agnes could give us tornadoes, if you don't mind. Alan O'Reilly was tweeting this right earlier on. Tornadoes with what they call weather bomb conditions over the Atlantic 
you might have seen we, we had weather bomb or mini tornadoes over Barrack Street and Coburg Street and up around North Cork in the past. There was one, wasn't there, in Barrack Street? Was it Barrack Street where all the wheelie bins were whipped up and turned over? Was that was that a mini tornado or just a bunch of drunks going home late one night? But I know there was a, a mini tornado up there. So Estofex, the European Storm Forecast Experiment people tell us we could watch out for that. Um, on working from home, uh, they're starting to come in. If there's an office, says John, keep them in the office. You don't say why. I'd love to know why. As I said, if any boss would like to tell me why it's more practical to bring people into the office, I'd love to hear from you. We can talk tomorrow or anytime. 0818 96 96 96. Then the only thing I'd say about working from home full time is it can be a lonely existence, especially if you're living in a rural area. You can drift into a situation where you have very little interaction with people outside of your screen time. Flexibility is needed. Yeah, and that's exactly what Karen O'Reilly is saying, that no one is saying all or nothing. I just want to work from home. I just want to work from the office. But people are looking for a bit of flexibility, particularly the one where she said, look, so-and-so needs time to drop the youngsters to school. Don't worry if it's 20 past nine when they're in. You'll, You'll get a day's work out of them. I can't understand this notion of nine o'clock. Well, for me, it has to be because I start at nine o'clock. But nine o'clock is nine o'clock. Um, but if it doesn't have to be bang on, then there's no need for it to be bang on. Give over, like. On women in the workplace, Mick says, my wife left work when she had kids, but she was penalised with her pension. And there's not enough awareness of how that has affected women. Mick, that is a great point. A marvellous point, and it's one that's interesting because pensions are complicated, and most people look at pensions and say, I don't know what a pension's about. But yeah, so many women get, get penalised when they retire onto the state pension because for years they, they, they left the workplace to raise their children. They left the work to raise their... And, and, and then when they go to claim their pension after 40 years working... They're penalised. Yeah. Oh, I know. The pension, it's it's a bit like a tracker mortgage. Do you remember the ad? I was that soldier. Do you remember the ad for the the fella on the bus? I must try and dig it out and play it some more. The fella on the bus who stand up on the top seat of the bus and goes, I don't know what a tracker mortgage is. I think a lot of people are like that with regard to their pensions. Come here, before I let you go, we might come back to this. There's a very serious craze flipping TikTok and the things it brings on us. Watch out for any mention among your teenagers of chroming. Chroming. You may not have heard of it. It's it's like a sniffing. It's like sniffing aerosols. It's back again. It is like sniffing aerosols, but they're calling it chroming and they're doing TikTok challenges. So if your youngster is talking about chroming, sit them down and have a word because I'm reading in The Independent today that they are investigating whether a teenage girl who died as a result of chroming, she was 14, she took ill uh, somewhere in the southwest, they're not saying where, at the weekend, and she was rushed to hospital in Dublin where she was pronounced dead on Monday morning. Uh, coroner's inquest uh, 
to follow and the death being investigated. But they believe at this stage she became seriously ill after inhaling an aerosol. Could be a hairspray, could be underarm stuff, whatever you're having yourself or not having rather. Um, They're inhaling it. Uh, We used to call it sniffing. Now they call it chroming and they're filming it for TikTok. Oh, have a word with the children. Have a word with the youngsters. If you hear them talking about chroming, they're not looking at doing up the family car and I'd be worried about it. That's it from us. Programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining a busy conversation in whatever way you did. And thank you for your help in our coverage of Storm Agnes. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.